This is the MLW Radio Network. Hey, this is former WWE superstar and ECW original, The Blue Meanie. And Josh Chernoff. And uh, we're excited to announce that Mind of the Meanie is now powered by the MLW Radio Network. Myself and Josh Chernoff will bring you a show every week where we talk about everything from wrestling, movies, sports, and useless knowledge. But most importantly, we have a great group of neighbors there with front row material. Absolutely. Front row material. We've got Mike Freeland. We've got Mikey Whipwreck. And we have got hashtag this is Jerry Lynn. You're welcome again for that. I love to be here with you guys. I'm glad to call you neighbor. Maybe I'll stop over for uh, some extra coffee or a cup of sugar or have a slice of dropped pie. Ditto. Please tune into Mind and the Meanie. Please keep supporting Front Row Material and we'll be a part of this great MLW radio network. Welcome to another evening of Front Room Material. My name is Mike Freeland. I am sitting in for the guys. Welcome back. Can't believe it's been already a week since we've done this thing already. Got a big show for you guys tonight. Several, several things we're going to be talking about. We got our six-pack of questions for our panel. Going to be talking about some uh, interesting news in the world of wrestling, not only with Ring of Honor, not only with AEW, WWE, but a few other things as well. I've uh, got a big announcement to make before the program ends this evening as well, so stick around for that. Uh, but before we go anywhere, let me go ahead and let me bring in the Rit. What's going on, buddy? It's good to see you. Beard is looking uh, looking fresh, as the kids would say. Damn, what's going on, Mike? How you been? Uh, you know what? I'm good. I'm great. And I have a big news story to release about my private life, but uh, I will leave that for later on. But we have an awesome guest uh, Joe Dombrowski is going to be joining us. He is a incredible, incredible wrestling announcer, and we're going to be able to hear his story. So uh, I'm going to bring him on here. But how have you been? Ooh, I've been doing pretty good. Uh, you know, th- last Thursday we had the uh, the call to Beardo. We had a, a very good professional wrestler on as a guest. Man, it, it, it was great. You know, getting to catch up with him after a long time. Yeah, I thought you were you were just just giving me a hard time when you said. A really good professional wrestler is going to be no, joining no, no. us. A very good, a very good professional. Yeah, okay, gotcha. I, I had no idea that that was that was his ring name, but uh, I uh, I found out very quickly that you know what, got to do your homework because that is the truth. Yeah, uh, you know, great guest, great guy overall. You know, he had a little uh, his, his first injury ever in professional wrestling. Oh wow! Happened, happened at the Super Eight tournament. So. Uh, but man, he he sat there and he, he's he's striving to be back. He's hungry. He's already hitting the weights, and you know I, I just can't wait to see him back in the ring. Well, we can't wait, and hopefully he'll uh, grace us on Front Room Materials uh, stream at some point in time, so we can chat with him as well. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm I'm sure I can get him. He he said that uh, once the ankles back up, healed 100. percent He said uh, he'll definitely come back, and you know let's get him on the show. I like the way that sounds. And by the way, I'm super jealous. Every time I look at your live stream, I see all those beautiful AEW action figures. I'm going to be talking about that tonight as well because I have a few things I'd like to say. But you know what? I'm going to hold off because I want to bring in somebody who's far more important than I am. Uh, A man that I have read up on his career. And it's awesome to see people who are such loyal fans of wrestling and then they get to see their dream come true. And that's where we join 
Joe Dombrowski. Man, how you doing, buddy? Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate the platform so much. Uh, I appreciate the kind words. And just to fit in, I mean, if it'll help make you jealous too, we've got Sammy Guevara over here. We've got Orange Cassidy. We've got, we've got some hot items for sale, by the way, at joe-dombrowski.com or if you DM me. Not saying, just saying, I got the stash. Thank you for well, having me. How are you guys? I, I am great. I am great. That is awesome. We are definitely going to be plugging that as well because, guys, this guy is not only a historian, he's a librarian. We'll get into all the monikers, but, um, man, it's so good to see you. And how have – usually we start conversations off with how you've been during the whole – pandemic situation how do you feel that things are starting to open up a little bit more and wrestling is now starting to get back to maybe where it was before all of this kerfluffle happened yeah the pandemic was um very bittersweet in a lot of ways it completely transformed my life it took away so many things that were a foundation of um of the existence that i knew and um, the one positive that came from the entire mess that was 2020 was that it gave me time to focus on myself and be more introspective and, and, and think about and consider what I needed rather than what the wrestling business needed or what my next project needed or how to make the next gig, how to make the next trip work, et cetera, et cetera. I was able to kind of rebuild myself from within and recharge my batteries and come out of it, um, I think, stronger. I think more level-headed. I think more focused. I think sometimes in wrestling, you're so hit from all sides by just the nature of the business that you can take yourself to the edge of burnout and not even really realize it. And I think that was one of the points I was at at the beginning of last year, and I would have never been able to acknowledge that or admit that to myself unless – the world forced me to slow down and, and, and address it. Um, fast forward that to now, um, I'm ready to get back out there. I'm excited that I'm doing these regular trips to Chicago. I'm excited that I'm doing these regular trips to West Virginia. I'm excited that uh, my hometown of Pittsburgh starting to open up more and more, and that's going to get busier. Um, a few other cool things are in the works that, that I'm not talking about yet because it's not 100%, but it's starting to feel like old times again. You know, I, I've got – Two events this weekend in two very different states, and I'm wondering, you know, how much sleep am I going to get in a 48-hour span? How long can three hours of sleep get me by? And those are questions I haven't asked myself in a long time. So I guess it feels good to be home in that respect and ready to get back out there and tell the stories. It's so exciting to hear your voice and to see how passionate you are because when I was doing my research uh, on your career, it's, it's one of – it's inspiring to people like me who loved wrestling, who idolized it uh, from the minute I saw it. And I believe you saw it at five. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. I started watching right before WrestleMania three, And not to age myself, but it's one of those things that once you see it, you know it. It's one of those love at first sight types of deals. And so for everybody who may not be super familiar with, with with you in your career, tell everybody how you kind of got into the broadcasting aspect of it, uh, the doors that you had to knock on, the the amount of no's you had to hear before you got a yes. I always knew that I wanted to be in the business, dare I say, belonged in the business. Um, had no idea how I would do that. 
until I started to discover and realize what independent wrestling was um, around 1997 when I was about 12 years old. And that being the boom of pro wrestling on television, um, there were three or four different independent companies um, operating at the time. And I lived a very, I guess, insulated childhood, for lack of a better term, very um, sheltered to a degree. And I really didn't experience much outside of my town. So it, even at 12, the thought of driving, you know, finding someone to drive me 40, 45 minutes, you know, south to uh, the suburbs of Pittsburgh to watch an independent show just, just seemed impractical to me. Um, it took a few years after that. Um, the first time I saw live independent wrestling, technically I was in second grade and they literally came to my future high school. They were literally almost in my own backyard. But the second time where I actually had to travel to do it didn't happen until I was about 15 or 16 years old. And it was for IWC where I still uh, proudly work today for Norm Connors, who was the promoter at the time. And what sold me on it was the main event was Jerry Lawler versus Kamala. And even as a young kid, you know, I didn't totally understand, you know, the territories and, and, and the whole history of wrestling, but I did have some Memphis footage and I love me some Memphis. So to see that in person was really appealing to me and, and the bug hit me. I realized this is my in, this is my way to make this happen. I just got to figure out how to do it. And it took me five months because uh, that was in July. And then around November, December, I was still in high school. Uh, my Spanish class wanted to raise money for a field trip and knowing independent wrestling did fundraisers. I middlemaned getting um, IWC wrestling to my high school as my commentary debut at barely 17, I think um, maybe even 16. Um, I sucked. I was terrible. If you played it back right now, I would cringe in this <laughs> chair for the entire two hours, but it was a foot in the door. And we drew, I think, 350 people. So it was a success business-wise. And I know that they were interested in coming back, which never really came to pass. But um, I thought at that point, even if I'm one and done, I did it. I achieved my dream. And I was back to being a fan in the second row the next month. And I would, I was thinking, how can I do it again? How can I do it? And I didn't know. I, I was stumped. Um, but then at the end of that show the next month, I got a tap on the shoulder. And it was the referee who also happened to run the website and he wanted me to help write results for the, the IWCWrestling.com website. I had written results and articles just on my own and my own like, you know, cheap ass website or whatever, because uh, I just had a passion for it. But then I started doing it for .com. And by that summer, uh, I was a relief announcer filling in for a match here and there. Finally, they, they had no announcers for a major show. There were weddings, there were, work, whatever. There was a, a lot of things going on and, and, and none of the regular announcers could come. And that was my first time doing a whole show. I put my heart and soul into it. It was rough by, by any standard. I'd, I'd grade anybody by today's, you know, my, my eyes and ears today. But I mean, it was everything I had at the time. It got my foot in the door and I've been a, a part of the company ever since. And I've just been building from there. I mean, people are super familiar with your voice. I mean, obviously, last uh, last week's big event, uh, you were with AAW as well. You were working with a guy that we know very well, good friend of ours, Trent Zaberry, and uh, he he basically said how much of an honor it was to actually get to to sit beside you under the learning tree. 
and uh, and work with you. And guys, if you have not heard um, all the work that he's done before, but you know, Triple Mania, um, he's obviously done Ring of Honor and in all points in between. Do you look back at some of the stuff that you've done and go, my God, how in the heck did all of this happen? Or do you think, you know what? There is something to say about perseverance and the people that continue to knock on that door, someone will answer. Um, the quick answer is both. Um, I think it's very important to not lose perspective. And that helps you become very grounded and stay grounded. And, and it helps keep you from having an ego. And it also helps you appreciate what's around you. Because as exhausting and frustrating and political uh, as wrestling can be at times, it is your dream. It is what you wanted to do more than anything else. And you should have those moments to stop and smell the roses, you know. So it's important to take pause and recognize, like, what would that 17-year-old kid who just started going to independent wrestling shows or that 12-year-old kid that just found them on TV or that 5-year-old kid that just figured out what wrestling was and had the action figures and the lunchbox and the book bag and just everything, how would those kids feel knowing what I'm doing now, knowing that I've been flown to Mexico and England and the Middle East and California and Florida and all these different places, Texas, under other people's dime to do the job that at one point in life you would have done for free and been happy to, you know, um, that is, is very, very important to me to, to realize, you know, I've never understood people who are just one and done with their goals. Well, if I don't make it to WWE, it's not worth it. If I don't make it to Japan, it's not worth it. The journey is what makes it worth it. And if you can have that destination, great. But even if not, as long as you give it everything you've got and you, you realize your full potential, I think that's what matters. And I think without that hustle and grind and without just being so focused and borderline obsessed with getting myself out there, these opportunities don't happen. Um, you have to grind. You have to try. You have to, to, to struggle to, to open doors and, and find out just what's next and never be complacent. Always be reaching for that next rung of the ladder. That doesn't always mean you're going to hit it. And that doesn't always mean you're going to climb up. So it's a combination of a lot of things. But uh, I mean, if it all had to end five minutes from now, if the wrestling business as we knew it imploded, I could look back with um, happiness and pride and satisfaction, knowing that I gave it hell and I put all I had into it. Well, you said about, you know, you're 16, 17 and first gig commentate, commentating and, you know, you were happy you know, one and done. But then if you look about, look now, look back, you know, you had one goal in mind, you accomplished it, but now, you know, the ladder keeps getting higher and higher. Well, what are some future goals that you want to, you know, take the next rung to get to? Um, I would love to do more work with AAA. Uh, I had the opportunity to do Triple May 27 in 2019, as, as, as you referenced. Um, I have not been back since, uh, largely due to COVID. Um, I've, I've been in, you know, sporadic contact with Conan, and uh, I've been in um, my. I was using my screen to illuminate me. There we go. Um, cosmetic business, baby. Um, I, I, I've stayed in contact, and I think I'm on that kind of short list. I think it just matters the the nuts and the bolts and the logistics of it. Um, but triple mania to me is, is the biggest thing I've done. Um, I would love to make it to Japan. Um, 
I'd love to work with Kevin Kelly and do New Japan. I've worked with Kevin before. He's been a friend of mine for over a decade now. Um, it's weird to me because when I broke in, I never looked at the foreign countries as really a feasible goal because New Japan didn't have an English commentary team. AAA really didn't have any market saturation in the United States. But with the growth of technology and kind of the shrinking of the world, all that's changed. So um, I think those are probably um, the two goals that, that jump to mind at first. And of course, I mean, beyond that, I would love to have a consistent run on mainstream U.S. television. And I've popped up here and there for Ring of Honor. I have, um, you know, done some, some regional TV shows that weren't quite national. Um, but I would love to be the face of a brand on a wide scale and be able to tell those stories and sell that product and see if I have it in me to be, you know, the Gordon Soley, the Jim Ross, the Lance Ross, whatever example you want to make, um, and, and be that trustworthy voice and face of, of that brand from a broadcasting standpoint. Joining us right now, if you guys are just tuning in here, Joe Dombrowski is joining us, professional wrestling commentator, announcer, producer, writer, you name it, he has done it. Uh, we were just talking about his work, uh, Triple Mania, obviously with Ring of Honor. He's worked so many different other promotions around the country as well. We're talking to him about what it is to get into the business and the difficulties and how tough that can be. And I, I thought it was fascinating, Joe, when you talked about you were 17 years old and you basically tried to find a way to promote a show. I was in high school as well. Um, and I actually worked with Les Thatcher and a guy by the name of Lou Thompson, uh, HWA, when I was in high school. And I worked with them to uh, promote a show. And that's how I got in. Um, I basically just said, how can I help? They said, hey, kid, can you find a, a venue for a show? I said, absolutely. So I set up the meeting. And it was just one of those things where you love it so much that if someone says, yes, you can help, you just jump at it. And you show up early, not on time, early. And you do your thing. And hopefully people will understand and appreciate your your work ethic and understand that you really want to do it. And uh, it, it's, it's crazy because... So many people I've talked to have said, I want to be in wrestling, but I don't even know how to start. You have to literally ingratiate yourself, call promoters, ask if you can hang flyers. It sounds so cheesy in so many ways, but Joe, I think you'd agree. Do what you can do, say yes, say thank you, and give them your phone number and be willing to help out whenever they need it. Everybody notices a grinder and a hard worker, a workhorse. You know, one of my favorite quotes in wrestling is a Jim Ross quote whenever he tells somebody, make the most of your minutes. And that means no matter what your opportunity is, whether you have 60 minutes in the main event or whether you've got two minutes in the popcorn match, you make the most of that and more opportunity will come. And I think that's very true, you know, outside the ring as well when the cameras are off. Um, people ask me about announcing and managing and, you know, so many of those kind of ancillary roles that, don't get the respect that they probably deserve. They definitely don't get the respect that they deserve. And, um, you know, I let them know there may not be a spot. There may not be an opportunity. Most promotions have one or two commentators, one ring announcer, maybe one manager. Um, they're not going to shoehorn you in. Uh, uh, promoters are stingy. They're not going to spend money on you unless they realize that you can do something to enhance the product. So 
if you're hanging posters, if you're setting up rings, if you're sweeping floors, whatever you got to do, be on deck, be ready, have that good reputation. So when something does come up, oh yeah, I, I can get it done. And, and you speak of Les Thatcher, which is so crazy because I feel like I'm practically married to Les because we've been doing so many projects together these past five years. Um, you know, Les, I've known for 15 years. And the only reason I know him is, is again, part of that grind and hustle. When I was 19 years old, I realized that the opportunities weren't going to come to me. You know, when you're young, you think you're, you're hot stuff and, and, and the world can't touch you. But it took me a couple of years to realize, like, oh, I probably still kind of suck. I need to get I need to reach <laughs> out and get these opportunities my own. So I, I found a database. I built a database of the top 25 like indie wrestling power players that I didn't know and didn't know me yet from like the tri-state area, like PA, Ohio, West Virginia like trainers, promoters, bookers, um, whoever, just to reach out and kind of create a relationship. And I, I found the top 25 and only four wrote back. And one of them was less. And we've kept a relationship ever since. Um, he got me my first booking in California when he was booking the, the Wrestling Cares uh, race for the ring tournament out there. Um, and then when he told me that he had so much of this archive footage still in storage, um, I jumped at the opportunity to look through it. And that's why we have wrestling from the heartland today that's why we just put out the brian pillman memorial show anthology so that goes to show you sometimes just one email just one correspondence um could grow into god knows what if the right people and the right opportunities are there joe don't you often sometimes think about you know the early days um and you're still super young i mean you have gosh 40 years plus left in the business um did you ever look at the early days and go I can't believe such and such got back to me like, like Les Thatcher, because I think in, in our eyes, it, from a fan's perspective, we think these people are untouchable. You know, we have them on such a status level and here we are just, just a fan. We're, we're just buying a ticket. And then all of a sudden you start to understand that when you express that passion, they see that. And that's virtually how everyone gets in at some point, because every, someone has to have a first time. Um, what was that first moment for you that you said, oh, my gosh, I'm talking to such and such. And uh, wow, I couldn't believe this is happening. Well, I've always been an overachiever. And my whole philosophy was always I could approach these guys one of two ways. I could go up to them and mark out and try to get that photo op and try to get that social media clout. But I never felt comfortable doing that regardless. I mean, even though it's more widely accepted now because of, of just how the world's changed, I'm still not comfortable doing it unless I know the person. Um, so I could either ask for a photo op and just bother them and just feel like a, a, a fan and have them probably look at me as a fan, which is nothing wrong with. But in a professional environment, I want them to perceive me as more. So my whole philosophy was um, I'm going to work my ass off to where I have a relationship with them. Um, and I can have that type of thing with them without having just the arbitrary fan to talent relationship. And um, guys that like Shane Douglas and Jim Cornette and Jeff Jarrett, who I very much were huge fans of growing up and continue to be huge fans of um, as I was in the business, um, all of their numbers are in my phone right now. And I've worked to some degree um, with all three of them, uh, uh, you know, whether it be commentary or with Jeff for Global Force or whatever the case is. Um, the first moment that hit me, and again, it goes back to overachieving, um, 
that first show I did start to finish in, in August of three, um, where I got my foot in the door for good. Um, AJ Styles was on that show and shark boy was on that show. And even though he didn't raise to the same levels of the business on his own, Eric Angle was on that show, Kurt's brother. Mm-hmm. So um, with AJ and Sharky, I'm watching them on pay-per-view every Wednesday night on TNA. And then three days later, I'm sharing a locker room with them. Like, what is that? That made no <laughs> sense to me. And then Eric Angle, um, you know, I was in the crowd at the Mel Arena in Pittsburgh when uh, Kurt and Eric did the switcheroo to beat Brock Lesnar right before WrestleMania 19. So, and now he's sitting across from me. It was just so bizarre and surreal. And it, there was a, a period of time, actually quite an extended period of time, where I, I told myself, like, I don't belong here. What am I doing here? Like, it's only a matter of time before somebody realizes how full of crap I am and kicks me out. <laughs> um, and, and, and it took me a while to psych myself up. Like, no, you're here for a reason. Like, you can do this. And then some of the talent gave me some similar advice. Um, four months after the AJ match, I'm technically still not one year into the business. Um we're doing a road show in Johnstown, which is about two hours east of where I am right now. And the main event was Jerry the King Lawler, who, again, Memphis, and the reason I even bought a ticket to this company to begin with, it's Jerry Lawler versus the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. And the guest referee is Mick Foley. And I am however old I am. I think I had just, I had just turned 18, like, a week and a half prior and I'm somehow on the call for that match. And just, that makes no sense to me then or now. Why would that happen? But that's been how it's been since, you know, pretty much day one for me. And I never stop overreaching or, or, or overachieving uh, from there. I, I thrive on people underestimating me or thinking I'm just a local guy or I'm just an announcer. I'm just some schmuck that's never going to make anywhere. And I think to some degree, when you, when you see me for the first time, you do think that because I am very unassuming and, you know, I don't necessarily always carry myself in a, you know, grandiose, you know, a BDE kind of way, for lack of a better term. But um, I like proving people wrong. And I like rising to the occasion and having them go, oh, I didn't know you could do that. So as long as that's out there and as long as there's that next run to the ladder, I'm going to keep grinding. Well, being on those shows with the top, you know, color commentators, play-by-play guys like Dusty and Jerry, do you ever take the opportunity to, you know, try to pick their brain at all since you had the time in the locker room? Or do you the type of guy that sits back and, uh, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to bother them? Per case situation, it always depends. Uh, the first time I had done that was with um, Al Snow because uh, Al was doing commentary for Sunday Night Heat at the time for WWE. And he was still wrestling independence on weekends. And. Um, I believe Al was the first one who told me and taught me uh, to not use pronouns, uh, pronouns, pal, and to uh, always ask questions and, and treat that as kind of an ongoing chapter in a story. Um, it's very hard to find the time of day to do that at an event for me sometimes because you have to keep in mind how very rarely I'm backstage because I'm calling the entire show. Before the show, whoever the talent is we're speaking of is probably out at the table doing a meet and greet. Um, that's probably where they are at intermission. It's probably where they are after the show. 
and they're probably not sticking around a long time to socialize afterwards because they're tired and they need a meal or catch a flight. So, um, and now with me doing a merchandise table these days, it's twice as hard. Um, but through the magic of email and direct messaging and what have you, I was able to reach out to guys like Les and like Al and Jim Ross and Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette and, you know, create um, a relationship either in person or over uh, or over email to, uh, you know, uh, Terry Taylor. I mean, the names just keep coming to me, but like all these guys who I wanted to notice me and I wanted, I wanted that validation of like of them telling me that, that, I'm doing well, but I also want them to, you know, tear me apart. Um, it's it's kind of bittersweet when they tell you, oh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Well, it's great, but I'm, my pockets are empty, you know. So, um, but but, but I, I've, I've learned great advice. You know, I learned great advice from, I learned more advice from one Jim Ross email that was maybe a paragraph long than I've, I could learn in a year of working shows, just because he's, he's the master of the craft and he's what we all aspire to compete for a distant second but uh but yeah I, i'm always uh, a student of the game it's, it's, it's how i became friends with kevin kelly um it's how i became friends with with jack corpella uh not necessarily of an advice capacity but we're both pittsburgh boys and he was working for WWE at the time um i i try to make connections with as many people as i can because you can learn something from anybody and um wrestling is all about who you know and, and who's willing to admit they know you if you guys are just tuning in, we are talking with Joe Dombrowski. He is a professional wrestling commentator. You've probably heard him on Triple Mania, Ring of Honor, and so many other promotions all around. He's talking to us tonight about what his career is like and and giving us a little insight on what it's like to prepare and be ready for a wrestling show. Joe, you had mentioned before calling a show completely on your own. Um, I in no way have, have done anything like that. I have called... Uh, some MMA stuff uh, on my own, a pay-per-view before. And I, I was, there's a lot that goes into it. So I'd love to pick your brain and take me through a day when you're going to be calling a show. Uh, what is everything that you do? What do your notes look like? Um, what is your routine of how you get yourself prepared before the red light goes on? My day honestly usually starts the night before because that, that's when a lot of my prep work takes place. And, um, especially with a place like AAW, which I'm, I'm still, you know, I, I've been at pretty consistently for a year plus now, but I'm still getting acclimated with as far as just some of the talent and, and some of the history. So I always try to be more studious with that than say IWC, which I've seen, you know, pretty much everything they've done for the past 18 years. So that's a little bit, I don't want to say easy, but it's a little bit um, more natural for me. Um, AAW I've grown into and I've, I've enjoyed going into it. But uh, I'll always try to watch the previous show the night before. Um, anything of note that happens within the match or anything that we say as announcers that needs to carry over, I try to make a point to, to, to transfer that over into the next show's notes. Any um, video packages, online promos, um, anything like that that the company posts, I try to watch because you can pull sound bites from the talent there. They can be useful during the course of the match. You can pull sound bites from uh, what the company may want to be uh, uh, the selling point of a particular match. And, um, you know, that really gets me kind of that base, kind of that skeleton, that blueprint of, okay, 
what is the objective of every single match? What are we what are we accomplishing as a company, and what are the talents individually looking to accomplish um, from the standpoint of their personalities? Um, from there, when I get to the event, um, you know, I'll, I'll usually talk to the guys as far as okay, what are you feeling? What's what, what's what's your mindset? Um, what am I looking out for? What do you hope to accomplish here? Um, and if it's somebody I've never seen before, I'll, I'll try to seek them out first and primarily and get everything about them I can that's relevant. Because if I don't know your story, how's the audience supposed to pick it up? I need to be the lyrics to, the, to your music. And I need to be there to say, well, this guy's a former national champion. And this guy trained under such and such. And this guy's been grinding for however many years looking to get here. And I'll be damned. He's, he's, he's going to die before he loses this match. Or whatever the story ends up being. And it's going to be a situation where um, if I'm not making that match better, if I'm not making you care about that talent more, I haven't done my job and I don't belong there. Um, I have such an issue with so many, um, not specific people, but just as a blanket statement, so many commentators in independent wrestling who thinks it's all about them and it's their stand-up comedy act. And the most important thing, I don't think I, I was ever even taught this. I just heard announcers ribbing each other about it on TV, like like Taz and Michael Cole. And they would always say, well, it's not about you. And it's not. It has never been about me, and it never will be about me. And so many announcers will um, use the platform of an independent show to show off how many times they can swear, um, do amateur comedy hour, and try to pop the boys or pop themselves or try to get themselves over or just bury everybody in the ring. Um, and insult how they dress or how they talk or how they look or some inside baseball bullcrap about, you know, how they carry themselves backstage. There's no merit to, to the match that you're selling. Um, I don't care what you think about these people personally. If you're the voice trusted to their match, you better work your ass off to keep up with them and do something on the level that, that, um, that lives up to it. Because if I'm a promoter and I'm spending two, three thousand dollars on a dream match main event and you're doing snarky jokes of the whole thing and just thinking that you're more important than, than that, you just effed up my show mm-hmm. and I should knock you out on your ass and not yeah. invite you back. But the problem is that the, 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 the role of an announcer is so nuanced and it's so intricate, you know, uh, uh, so few people truly understand what goes into it. And that's not to say that I do because I'm, I'm still learning every time I do it. Um, I come, I come with this from, from a, a humble standpoint because I'm my own worst critic and I've never been completely happy with the broadcast I've done. And that's fine. I think that's a good quality. Um, but so many announcers just think they're hot stuff and they're not. And because they'll work for free or they're somebody's friend or whatever the case is, they, they're allowed to continue doing it. And I think it brings down not just the market value of the announcer, but it also brings down the value of the independent show. Because if I'm a first-time fan... And you can't convince me why I should give a crap. Why am I going to come back? Well, everybody's heard that in WWE, they always have Vince in their ear 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, What are your thoughts on, you know, have you ever worked at a promotion where they're in your ear, you know, telling you, okay, get this over, get that over? Or are you more of a, you know, it's, it's, it's coming from you. It's genuine coming from the heart and, and from your hard work and study. I've had people in my ear, but but not so much as what to say or how to say it. Um, once in a while, they'll feed me a, a couple minor um, 
minor cues. Um, but, but that's normally on a high-end independent. Um, or something like AAA, I had somebody in my ear helping translate the Spanish language promos. So Stryker and I could get, could get the, um, the meaning across to the U.S. audiences on Twitch. Um, most of what I'm fed on, on an independent level, if anything, is mostly just traffic. And by that, we mean, um, you know, 60 seconds till we hit this package or remember to pitch to this or remember, you know, whatever the case is, which usually I have in a format in front of me anyway. Um, I do believe the WWE announcers are probably too produced. It's hard for me to, to say that for sure without actually being there. But I think the more you stifle someone's creativity and make them more of a... a just a byproduct of the system, the less individuality you have. And I think wrestling thrives on just natural organic emotion, whether it's from the talent in the ring or the announcers at ringside or the fans. Um, you need all of it uh, to function properly. So I, I don't know how I would, um, how I would adjust to being so, having someone in my ear feeding me specific points or specific thoughts. I mean, I get used to it if the dollar signs and the decimal points are in the right place. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, but I love that freedom of being able to have that blank canvas and just kind of create and um, tell that story with the right ebb and the flow and the inflection and the nuance that I think it deserves. And, um, you know, again, I think it's best when you can be yourself. And uh, I think pretty much everywhere I've gone has afforded me the opportunity to a couple of people who I, and this is just a personal preference, I know everybody has their own voices that they like to hear. I love the knowledge that I get from Excalibur. Um, he speaks with a lot of confidence. I feel like he is the modern-day Mike Tanay, and I, I've joked about, about that on this show. It, he's just very knowledgeable, and you can tell he's done his work. And I come away from matches educated. I feel like I got more out of the match than just the match, if that makes sense. Um, he definitely educates you on moves. So I think a really good announcer, their job is so hard because not only are they painting this, this portrait for everyone to see, but like you said before, they are the lyrics to the song. And I wanted to get your take on this. Jim Ross had mentioned, uh, he had made a comment before that he didn't always want to know the finishes of matches because he wanted to be organic. Um, he had mentioned before in an interview that he did not know that uh, John Moxley was going to go ahead and jump the guardrail and go after Chris Jericho at double or nothing. And he said that feeling was just very visceral, very surreal. Do you feel like that's a thing for the most part? Or do you think most of the time the announcers have all of the finishes and, and what's the go home and all that kind of stuff? Or do you think some people just like to experience it and call it as it happens? I mean, it, it all depends on on how prepared you want to be. You know, I, I, I love, you know, one of, again, one of my favorite things in wrestling from an expression standpoint is just you have to feel it. Because if you're not feeling it, then it's not going to feel real to the people. And, um, you know, I know guys like Jerry Lawler don't do a lot of prep work and they just kind of go with the flow. And um, I've been on both sides of that coin. There have been times where, I haven't known what's happening. There have been times that I've been told, you know, intricate detail. Um, I don't know that I have a preference. I feel like the more that I know, um, 
the better I can stick with the beats every step along along the way if I know how the story ends. I feel like I, I can. I feel like the nuance and the detail can be there a little bit more. But I do think if I don't know, there's something to be said about living in the moment a little bit more. So I, I think there's there's pluses and minuses to, not necessarily minuses, there's pluses to both sides of the coin. Um, and it just depends on your personal preference. I mean, there have been, um, there've been events I've gone into with very little knowledge of anything and without much of an inclination to change that. Like, I'll call what I see. You know, I know the guys are good enough. I know I can roll with it. And there have been times, especially for events that I've been a producer or I've been, you know, behind the scenes on where, you know, I know intricately what's coming. Um, you know, I, I think the, the biggest trap you can fall into as an announcer, if you know what's coming, is if you try to show off how smart you are and you try to call your shot before it happens, for lack of a better term. And I don't think I do that. I don't think a lot of announcers do that. So, um, no, I, I, I enjoy it both ways, and I trust whoever is feeding me to feed me properly to get me in the direction they want me to go. Um, I, I won't take up too much more of your time, but, you know, I, it's so interesting. We were talking to uh, to a, a great announcer right here, guys. And if you are not familiar, I highly recommend you. You need to go and you need to please follow him. Uh, Joe Dombrowski, um, he is a professional wrestling commentator. He's worked for so many different promotions, and he has been so gracious to spend some of his evening with us, not only telling us about his career, but also giving an insight as to how you actually get involved in wrestling and what it means for the squeaky wheel to get the grease. And, you know, the only question that's a bad question is one that's not asked. Um, one of my last questions here is, you know, we have uh, Jack Buck and we have Vince Scully. And most recently we have Gus Johnson, uh, who did football and, and basketball and March Madness. There's so many iconic calls that you hear from sports casters and announcers is there any that you remember specifically from your days as a wrestling fan that that iconic call or the one or two words or a phrase that you might have heard from an announcer and you thought gosh if i could just have one of my phrases or something i say kind of go down in history is there any of them that stand out in your mind that you think wow that was that was monumental I mean, the first that comes to mind is, is probably the, the most obvious answer, and that's JR's call of the Hell in a Cell match with Undertaker and, and Mick Foley. Um, and there's so many sound bites from that match you can take away that, that, you know, and they've been parodied and memed and just thrown all over the place. The things that have nothing to do with wrestling at this point, they're just, they're, they're that in the mainstream of our culture, which I, I think is just wild. Um, to me, though, growing up, it wasn't necessarily a moment or a line. It was just a dynamic. And it was the relationship between Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heat. Yes. And, you know, will you stop and will you be serious? And, and all the gorilla-isms I've had a chance to sneak into commentary over the years. <laughs> um, the external occipital protuberance and the collateral lateral ligaments. and Yes. Of course, <laughs> of course where the ramus of the mandible articulates with the mandibular fossa of the... Uh, uh, whatever the hell the end of that thing is the jawbone um <laughs> but but just all those lines and i i remember you know being a, a a young kid five six years old only child playing with the action figures and i would do my own commentary and i would be gorilla and i would be bobby and i would literally just sit there and argue with myself all day and um does that make me a sociopath possibly i will not confirm <laughs> or deny but 
it, it, it for, for in whatever strange, bizarre way, it, it laid the groundwork for my love of wrestling commentary. And if there's one match that's a reason I'm doing what I'm doing now, it's the 1992 Royal Rumble. Yes. You know, and it's not just the story in the ring with Rick, but it's the story that Bobby and Gorilla told on that journey with Rick the entire time. And to this day, I will tell anybody that's my favorite match that I've ever seen. And people will be confused by that. What? It's a Royal Rumble. What? Not a one-on-one match? No. Because you've got so many eclectic characters. You've got such an unpredictability. You've got um, so much action, so much just excitement from the crowd. Um, such a, 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 an ending of the story that splits off and, and, and helps out really everybody involved. Um, it was it was masterful, and it was also might have been the first pay per view I'd ever seen, like live as it happened on pay per view. Don't quote me on that, but it, it, it I, I feel like it was. So it's got a special place in my heart for a lot of reasons. And um, there have been announcers I've worked with that people have said oh you guys sound like gorilla and bobby and my reaction is always kind of split it's it's thank you there's no bigger honor and also there's no chance i'll ever come near achieving that but but i appreciate the sentiment um so anytime uh, uh, um you know you think about commentary excellence and, and you know the voices of my childhood i go right to gorilla and bobby and just the most quotable announced team that has ever lived Wow. Well, uh, I'm going to have to change the question up just a little bit this week. Hot tub time machine. Oh, my God. I, oh, Joe. Oh, Joe. Hot tub time machine question. This time, you can take anybody out of a commentating team and insert yourself in for one match. You get to call it. What match is it and who are you taking out? And why are you taking them out back and you're taking them out with a tire iron? <laughs> because a tire iron is the biggest weapon I've ever known growing up as a kid, thanks to Bobby Heenan. <laughs> well, you know, if you can't find a rent big enough, it's good enough for you. Um, what match I would put myself in? Um, man, see, I can't say the Royal Rumble because that's perfection. I, I, I can't mess with perfection. I What I would have done is... I think I would have gone down to the Mid-South Coliseum. And I don't know if he had a partner at the live Coliseum. I don't think Dave Brown did the Coliseum. So I might not even have to take anybody out from this. But I would plot myself right next, uh, right down next to Lance Russell. And um, I think I would just love to be a part of the Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman side. Oh, good call. Excellent, excellent great, call great. right there. Wow. Guys, we have uh, an incredible guy with us joining us this week. It is Joe Dombrowski, and he's talking to us about his professional wrestling career, what got him into the business. Um, we are going to go ahead and let's plug all the places that people can find you, Joe. Uh, let's go ahead and let's start off on Twitter because that seems to be the the main popular place. Where can people find you and uh, how can they get a hold of you if they would love to DM you and ask you some questions? Yeah, Twitter's probably the best place to get a hold of me. Um, Facebook, I'm always near my 5,000 friend limit. And Instagram, I honestly forget I have half the time. 
Uh, Twitter is Joe underscore Dombrowski. And uh, the DMs are open, folks, especially for business opportunities. Um, and especially if you want to talk about any of the projects I have going on. Uh, of course, we just released the Brian Pillman uh, Memorial Show Anthology 20th Anniversary. Uh, this is the first official widespread release of the events that brought together the WWF, WCW, and ECW locker rooms four times during the height of the Monday Night Wars and the, the late 90s uh, ratings battles uh, to pay tribute to Brian Pillman and his family. We've got a bonus documentary, some radio footage, some audio footage, a um, ton of great stuff on there. That is at PillmanShow.com. Um, my personal website is Joe-Dombrowski.com. All of my releases are on there on DVD from Pillman to Montreal Theory, The Legend of Virgil, Wrestling from the Heartland. We got uh, best selves of Johnny Gargano and Matt Cross and DJ Z and Roddy Piper documentary and uh, Finding Zach Gowan, Zach's life story, and on and on and on and on, all that stuff. And ProWrestlingLibrary.com is my, uh, my digital streaming channel. We have over 500 hours of content available for rent purchase or subscription and uh, a lot of stuff i've been a part of over the years original works um tv ring action documentaries behind the scenes stuff just something for everybody on all of those websites and if you'd sample something you like what you see by all means uh, uh, please feel free to support and uh, do your thing because without you guys uh, i would not be here i would be probably in jail somewhere or sleeping under a bridge um, so the fact that you guys support wow. my projects, um, the fact that you guys support my projects and uh, have led me away from my life as a uh, 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 as a transient, I, I appreciate very much. Um, but in, in all seriousness, without you fans, there's no us, there's no any of this. So uh, um, I'm especially grateful because the Brian Pillman set I just showed you guys had my best opening week sales ever it's already a top five all-time seller for me and it's been out less than two and a half weeks the response has been staggering um as bobby heenan would say my mailman is a hunchback now that's how much mail <laughs> in and out of, of of this house um because of the, the buzz and the attention so I, i'm overwhelmed by it and i can't thank all you guys enough well joe i definitely don't want to see you be homeless so that Sammy Guevara figure is sold. No, no, no price is uh, is is enough for me. I need that guy. I can't but even. I need to. I need to clutch onto this figure because he's too much of a superstar now to answer his phone for me anymore. So this is the closest I got to him. I listen to this. We got we got a star on the show, and here you are trying to work a business angle here well, with a figure. What M- Freeland? Didn't you hear the man? You got to be hustling and bustling twenty four seven. You do. You're right. And you know what, Joe? Hey, a pat on the back is just what? It's about 18 inches away from a kick in the pants. And always remember this, Rit, and you can finish this line, Joe. A friend in need is a pest. Is a pest. Guys, I could go on for hours with Joe. He's amazing. Please go ahead. We're going to put all of his links up on our Twitter page as well, and we'll be scrolling them throughout the rest of the program tonight. Joe, I thank you so much for carving time out and coming on the program. Is there any chance we can twist your arm to come back again and, and share more stories and experiences from your career? 
Absolutely, yeah. There's always something to promote. There's always an AAW pay-per-view around the corner. So we'll always have something to talk about. And honestly, guys, this interview is the first chance I've had to really sit down all day. So thank you for forcing me to relax a little bit, too. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much. Joe, we'll talk to you down the road, sir. Thanks, Joe. All right. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Yep. All right, guys. That was Joe Dombrowski. I mean... Rid, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like I could talk to him and sit under the learning tree and just, there are certain people that you just want to listen to because when you sit there, you just kind of, you kind of take it all in. Um, I felt the same way when I was working under Conrad. I, I listened and I learned a whole lot and every single person that comes into your life, whether it's for a long time or if it's for a short period of time, Soak it all up, take it as much as you can, and try to use some of those uh, tools and techniques that they give you. Um, I thought I thought it was great. What was your takeaway? I thought it was really well. Uh, sitting about, you know, talking about sitting under the learning tree, I'm sitting there stuck between you two. <laughs> and with our conversations, the stuff that he was talking about from his early days, I'm like, man, that's Mike Freeland. Man. Didn't Freeland say that he did something like that? Man, young age, you guys are both... There was a lot of similarities there. And, you know, what you and I were talking about, I'm telling you again, I'll tell you live, the fans want to know. The fans got to know more about Mike Freeland. Well, there are some things that, that I have only shared with you that I have not shared with anybody else, but we will definitely have a time where we sit down and we really open up. Uh, I can tell you about scheduling an appointment to meet with Gary Davis. Look him up on the WWE website. He is a corporate guy. Uh, he and I went back and forth about meeting up at WrestleMania in Chicago. There's a story behind that. There's a story behind myself making a toast at a WWE brunch. I think it was called Bagels Biceps Brunch, something like that, where we got everybody to stand up and make a toast. But you know what? That's for another time. Uh, I just want to thank Joe because it was so enjoyable to hear what he had to say. And guys, whether it's wrestling or whether it's horseshoes or whether it's bocce ball, I have no idea. Whatever it is that you're interested in, uh, it, it doesn't really matter what the topic is. If you want to do it, you can do it. Pick up the phone, call, or email somebody, or DM somebody on social media, or hit them up on Facebook. Right now is the greatest moment, the greatest time that you have access to people that you normally would, wouldn't have. Back in the day when, when I was doing that whole crazy writing thing for WWE, I had no internet. And I, it was just, it was the infancy of internet. And you, we did all that. And, and we looked on the back of magazine covers and where do we write to and who do we put this attention to? And should we make it certified mail? Yeah, let's do that. It costs a lot of money. Ah, who cares? And, but it's just where there's a will, there's a way. And you know this as a promoter, you know this very well, Rit. I mean, you have promoted shows before. You know the ins and outs of the industry as well. Um, if you want to do it, I mean, that conversation you and your wife had, let's do it. And that's it. And people who are driven in life just say, you know what? We're going to do it. We're not going to talk about it. And here we go. And it's whether it win, whether you win, whether you lose, you won emotionally. You won on the inside because at least you know you tried something. 
where there are so many other people who say, oh man, I really like to have done this, or I, I think what they do is crap. I could always do better. Well, then you go ahead and do it. Go ahead and make a phone call, make an email. You know what? You can write better. You write a show. And it's those people who say, you know what? I will do that. I will do that. And you sit down and do it. So anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox here. There is so much more to talk about this week. Guys, we're going to be talking about Tony Khan. He thinks that wrestling is the highest peak it's been in a very long time. WWE in Saudi Arabia? Oh, please don't tell me that there's going to be another one. Unfortunately, it looks like there very well may be. Nick Gage. We just saw the most recent documentary of Vice, The Dark Side of the Ring. Our good friend Anton wants to discuss that. We will get into that as well. Rey Mysterio and Dominic, they end up winning the Tag Team Championships and Zombies. Oh, don't get me started on this. Oh, it just, it, you know, in the immortal words of Dusty Rhodes, it makes my liver quiver, my back crack, and my knees freeze. So don't go anywhere. We're going to take a short break. Get yourself a drink. Get yourself a sandwich. And uh, get yourself back here really, really quickly. By the way, tell all of your friends on Twitter right now what's going on on the show. Have them join in. We want you to be a part of the conversation. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more from Raw Material Live. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me.
Did you miss us? I hope so. It was a short commercial break. Once again, we appreciate you listening to that same commercial on repeat every single week. You know, Rick, we got to come up with some other commercials. And I know, here's the thing. I've gotten other videos. I just don't, for the life of me, know how to play this stuff. Folks, we don't have a producer. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just, I'm a lime Ricky back here trying to figure it out. I'm just... I'm 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 jibbo in it back here with my hand in my shorts. I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I'm trying my best here. So just bear well, with me. Well, Mr. Freeland, I'm gonna sit there and help you out here live on the air. Go over to the sidebar where it uh, says uh, below banners. Below banners, private chat. No, no, above that. Uh, banners. Above that. Uh, comments. Okay, maybe you, you we're on a different thing. Go into banners then. Okay, go into banners. Scroll, Scroll all the way down. Scroll all the way down. Yes, and there's a plus. You can add something to say. Should be a slide tab. I got no slide tab. What do you have on the side? Private chat, chat. Yeah. So here's what I got. I got comments, banners, brand, brand, the the brand, brand. Okay, brand. Gotcha. So what do I do? Go live on the air. We're we're, going to take you to school. Go all the way down to the bottom. You're Jerry Lynn me right here. Okay, got it. Show display names. Oh, bam! Got you. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, my God, kids. Let me tell you something. Oh, my God. You can give the man a master's degree, but you can't make the master's degree out of the man. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. Wow. But you're a important mess. I appreciate that. I do. And I appreciate all of you joining us once again for another week of Front Row Material Live. Uh, as I said before, my name is Mike Friel, and I'm sitting in for the boys. They are out this week. Um... Joining me is The Rit, my incomparable right-hand man. He is the Adam Schefter of the podcasting world, and I will make sure before his podcasting career is over, he will be known as the Adam Schefter of podcasting. But you know what? We're only as good as the crew that works with us. So let's bring him in right now. The man himself, he's from Canada. He has moose in his backyard, but you know what? It is. Pinky's out for the man that we like to refer to as the butt. What is going on, buddy? This is it. Enjoying the shit show. Pinky's out. It's Tuesday night, my friend. That's How right. is life treating you? Life is good. See more grind these days, and nothing will change. Love the shirt. Love yeah. the shirt. Lighten up, you stiff prick. That's right. I love it. I love it. Your beard is looking just uh, dapper as always. It looks good. It looks it looks very Grizzly Adams. You look manly. You and the Rit look like you could go outside and do stuff. And I look like I could watch TV. Freeland, I have to admit, when you come on call to Beardo, yeah. your beard just automatically looks great. Does it? When you were on for a couple of weeks, those first couple of weeks... It wasn't really there, but all of a sudden, like the last couple of weeks, it started filling out, and I can say uh, you got a little something, something going on there. Hey, I tell you what, your boy's hitting puberty, huh? Huh? That's right. Speaking of oh. puberty, how's Bug been? Where's he at? Yeah, where is Bug? 
Boog, here's the deal with Boog, folks. I'm going to tell you a little about the Boogster. Uh, Baby Boogster, face. He, yeah, well, first of all, it's 10 o'clock here on the East Coast. That means it's, what, 7 o'clock in his time? It's time for, for Jammy Jam time. It's time for Boogie to go to bed. Uh, he's probably had his nice warm bath and his cup of Milky Milk, and uh, he's probably tucking himself in with his nice little blankie. And No, Boog has told me, uh, and I have it on good authority, that there is a possibility we will see him as early as next week. Uh, back here. So once again, don't, don't hold it. Listen, whenever I say something, don't hold me to it actually happening. I mean, there's a chance and uh, it's not going to happen. You never know, but we love the bug and we can't wait for him to come back. Let's bring in, let's bring somebody else here. He is, um, he is the savant and maybe I'm going to start calling him the savant. He is Anton. Don't talk about my dick. It's probably bigger than yours. Hi, Nick. What is going on, buddy? Looking good as always. Good to see so you. You requested that we wear wrestling shirts. This is one of the only ones I own. So, and looks good. Funny enough that that's part of the reason this is tattooed across my fucking knuckles. Also, does the mic sound better? Oh, Max, mic sounds fantastic. However, Great. I love the fact that uh, two of my panelists already are already ready to go. They're ready, to rock and roll. And and I have the I I don't know what's going on with uh, with the Rit. He's back there. He's got all his Academy Awards of action figures back there. Let's get the camera on this schmuck. And uh, don't no no bullcrap on that. What are you wearing? You're just wearing a blank red shirt. You're not wearing a Cult of Beardo or an FRM or anything. First things first. When the heck did the memo go out about wearing? Wow, that's a damn shame. Days ago, I tell you, at least yesterday. At least yesterday. Exactly. What is he talking about? He's a schmo. He's a schmo. And you know what we do with schmoes? We bump them. They got to go. But speaking of people that don't have to go, they're always welcome here. It is Canada. There he is. I ain't ordering out because I'm cooking in the house. It is Mike Unit. It is so good to see you, Mike. How are you doing, brother? The leader of the Mike World Order. What's happening, y'all? This is it. Looking so, fresh uh, as always, my friend. Yeah, fresh and uh, pumped from the gym after work. And, you know, it's crazy. I haven't done a bench press in five years right and i did like 315 for like i was close to five reps but it was like four and a half that's crazy that's muscle memory at its best even though i got like half a good hand because of tendonitis but uh you know they say once a weightlifter always a weightlifter i guess um things have been well, going I, well tomorrow night to me Go ahead. I was about to say, I appreciate you working my ex-wife into your workout routine. 315, ah, trying to get that to go on. Ah, man, you're a better oh, man than I am. I Jesus mean, my max, Christ, is, my max is 420, no pun intended. That is my actual max. Um, tomorrow night, new episode of Mike World Order. Nice. Uh, this time, I'll be having a panel as well, as well as doing a spotlight on a local business. Oh, um, yeah. The person's name is uh, Christina Gonzalez. She's the owner of Blushing Berries, which specializes in custom cakes, custom pies, custom berries to where you can even get liquor-infused berries. And I'm not sure if she ships out of Virginia, possibility, but um, for those interested. But wait a minute, you're in South Carolina. Dude, how many times have I, t- have I told you I've been living in Virginia the past five years? 
You said you're you said you're from South Carolina. I swear I'm from there, there, but he's lived in okay. Virginia for like the past five years. Okay, I'm fine, fine. South. All right. Okay. Let, let's end this confusion right now. All right. I went go. I went straight Joe straight Joe Biden right there. I didn't know what was going on. Come on, man. Here we go. From 1987, 1987 to 2016. Yes. Beaufort, South Carolina. Carolina, baby. Yep. March 2016 to present, yes. Woodbridge, Virginia, 20 minutes from D.C. See, I can't, I can't, I, I want to introduce you from South Carolina, but I can't, look, I can't say, okay, do look, that look, with look, Wood, look, Wood, you can Woodbridge, say Virginia. South Carolina by way of Virginia, you can do that. You know, I'm not your stereotypical South Carolinian. I don't have the accent. I, I, I don't listen to country music. My jeans are baggy. Cause I'm a heavyweight because it would not look right being a big guy in some tight jeans, especially trying to walk. I'd so like to it, see your I like to see your apple bottom. You no, you don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, I see apple crazy. bottom jeans. No. I'm not liable for what Moondog says to this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, let's... You're, all you're doing is setting yeah. me up with Moondog. But um welcome back, Rick. Uh first of all, since the Rick. I wanted to also point out since the Rit came back, uh, Rit, thanks for having me on as a, a guest on uh, Culture Beardo. Uh, me and my uh, assistant, my executor, uh, Mr. Jesse Rodriguez, which you can find at J Rod Numero One, we basically invaded Cult of Beardo, and it was a good time. We we invaded it. Come on now, it was fun. Hey, right. we had a Let good time. I even put you over, and I sent you the and I sent you the link about the Connie Chung episode of my God. podcast. Oh yeah, hey, oh Connie Chung, man! I tell you what, you're starting to get me going. Hold, hold on, we have breaking news. Do we have a Shell Shock Nation comment? Yes, he says I need to see Mike's huge jazz. It says Hugh as in H U G H jazz in them jeans. <laughs> I'm not wearing tight jeans, no. Oh, speaking. Hey, speak, speaking oh of things my. that are tight, I tell you what, it's me, this guy, and a bottle of gin. Let's bring him in right now. CEO of Order Entertainment, Mr. Logan Slater. It's good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm living. You look good. You look fantastic. Well, thank you. I, look better. I promise I, w- I won't ride the Ritz back today. Oh, well, uh, well, see, that's the problem with the writ. This is the problem I have with a guy like the writ. The writ seems to always have some convenient excuse why he doesn't win. Always a convenient excuse. And heal things. Speaking of people who are just an excuse, let's bring the next guy in. Uh, You know what? In his world, it will always be 1999. It is Liam. I live in the garage, Savage. Man, it's so good to see you. You know what I love when Liam comes on? I get to see this this beautiful skyline behind you of whatever what that skyline? is. Is that a skyline, skyline or is that just your neighbor's house? The things that are no, that's you. the back of the garage. Oh, Did you shave? Did you shave? Uh, Did you shave? I, no, I trimmed it up. I trimmed it up. That's a skyline. I don't want to. I don't want to look like a bunch of uh, crazy people like you. Hey, like you, hey. You look, you look like a Unabomber right now. You look like Ted. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. 
Oh my god! You look like you haven't had puberty with your uh, beard either. So you know. Wow! And guess what? (laughs) That's what you get bumped. You make fun of me, you get bumped. And right now, in our private chat, and also on Twitter, Liam already starts out the day at negative five points. Negative five. How the fuck did he do that? God damn it, Liam! What, What you got, Logan? How did he do that? I, he, he made spoke. some smart ass comment. He made some smart ass comment about me on social media. And here it is. Let's let us let us let us look at this schmuck. There he is. <laughs> laugh it up. Yeah. <laughs> laugh it up. Laugh it up. My God. He's dying. Oh, wow. Random, random he, side note. Liam Caroline recedes less it, than it one like of the like Rich Bucks first round. Hold, hold on. What was that, Anton? So I watched BTE yesterday, and yes. one of the young bucks, his hairline is super duper receding, like basically Paul Heyman with the skullet. He had like it a is. seven head. It was super <laughs> fucked up. Liam's yes. hairline looks way fucking better than that shit. Yeah, oh, you know what I do? I, just I do have to give some credit to. Uh, let, let, let's bring him back in here because we. Oh, have to. there we go. Um, let, let's bring him back in here. So Liam, I did tell you. Uh, you and I yes. were on the phone for a couple hours the other night. Couple yeah. hours? Couple it hours? A, it was a while, yeah. It was a while. We had a really good conversation. Oh, but, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me preface it by Freeland gave me his number again, guys, by text, hmm. just so you know. So I was Ooh. able to get in touch with him. Huh? So he's got a new number now? I no, it's the same one that I was texting him at, like last time. I forgot oh. that when we're regularly yep. texting, like phone to phone, I don't have to give the number because yeah. it's already insinuated that he has I, it, I, so. I almost thought he was going to do it, and then I thought, nah, he couldn't do that, but he did it. Uh, yeah, so it looks like it was yeah. – uh, who, who was it? it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, we were talking. Yes, uh, continue. Uh, we had a great conversation. We had a great conversation, yes. and I, I told him how great his genetics were, and uh, mm-hmm. he then proceeded to tell me, I never want to hear that again. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if that was a potential, I, like, yeah. I don't know if I said it like that, but, uh, you know. Well, um, I don't I don't want you to feel like I'm hitting on you. Do you know what I mean? I mean, well, go I, ahead. I, I'll be I'll, flattered, but I don't swing that way, so right. whatever. Right. On that I note, Mister uh, Moondog well, says, "Send me digits for the most interesting remix." Oh boy! Hold on, hold on. What we got a moon? We got a Moondog uh, break in. What's going on here? Send them digits, Freeland. I'll send you some free picks. Wow! Fuck oh yeah! God! Wow. Oh, this is already starting off great. I love now, that I, I get to do the Moondog report and break in for any like. I, I hate cutting people off like that. Like I do it in regular conversations. No, you don't bullshit. You don't so, I can't help do it. I can't help it. But the fact that I'm just freely allowed to point at the screen and read Moondog comments, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Moondog is is eclectic. I tell you what, if we are, if this is like the Howard Stern show, he's definitely part of our whack pack. I oh, mean, yeah. uh, hold on. Yeah, an I, emphasis on whack. <laughs> I want to hold on. I want to address something before we go to the to the to the questions today. I'm going to throw it at this guy. Here's a problem I have. Okay, I have given Liam Savage a hard time for not wearing the appropriate gear. Oh, the- hold on. I've got something to show you. But yeah, continue. But let, but let that. me let me. You know what? If it's good enough to give Liam Savage grief, I have to give you grief. Okay. Yeah, you're damn right. Yeah. Fucker. Go ahead. He yeah. Failed. Get it on, fucker. Bye. Get out of here. Can you believe that, Schmo? He what claimed... a hater. What a okay. hater. Do you want to see? Hater. Yes, let's go ahead oh. and see it right now. Hold on. Oh, oh what's that? What's that? Oh, oh. There it is. Whoop, whoop. Yes. 
There you go, Bad. fucker. I finally put it on. Now leave hey, me alone. Hey, hey. I say thank you to you, my friend. I yeah, appreciate well. it. Don't you also have a hat? Yes. Yeah, it's yes. it's inside. I'm not so getting it. Is the, I I wasn't about to ask you to get it. What I'm saying is, <laughs> All right. it, is the quality of the products nice? When you guys order them from Spreadshirt, is the quality good? Now, I realize it takes about nine months, the, the term a woman has to have a baby. But oh, I mean, when you finally get the product, is it good product or is yeah, it good? Yeah, it's good. The shirts it's are been holding right. up. Yeah. Hold on. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this over to uh Mr. Logan. Mr. Logan, I wanna I wanna get yep. your take on this. Is it good product or is it not good product? I got mine from Pro Wrestling Tees. That was what? good. Boom, and you're out. That's not what oh. I want to hear. You answer the question that is yeah, posed to you. You don't tell me something else. Lie to me. I tell my wife that. Lie to me, whatever it may be. So we're gonna give him another shot. So uh, tell me about that Logan. Spreadshirt. How was it, Logan? It was lovely. Love it. Awesome. It was absolutely lovely. It spreads out nicely like butter. Like a butter. Like guys, you know what? That's why you're the amazing man. Like a big stick of butter. Like a butter. Okay, you know what? Don't say anything. Shell Shock Nation might uh, take that the wrong way. All right, let's 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 go back to the writ. Let's let's go back to it. Let's see what this schmo. Do we have to? Now nah, we technically we Bear. have to. It's oh. in his contract. What he's got a oh, what? shirt. Oh, Rivera. Okay, that's, that's not front row material. Sorry, that's hey, not a wrestling material or wrestling. Yes, it is. Or, hold wrestling. on, hold on. I said no, a no, wrestling no. shirt. I said a wrestling T-shirt. Right now, Rit, you are down five points right now. <laughs> so you better get it going because you gone. He has to follow directions. I'm a okay. teacher. I, I have to bring up something. If he's got Rivera on there, so he's got the Rivera jacket, which isn't. To do with wrestling, it's just a lot of wrestlers go there. But he also has an Under Armour logo on the other side. So is he wearing a bootleg jacket? I think he is. Oh. Ritt, explain yourself. You know what? Let's throw it to the Rit because if he's wearing bootleg, he needs to explain everything to all of us. I don't like it. You know it. what? The, the floor is yours, my this, hairy friend. This here is The Rock's custom line right here. Oh, well. Oh, The Rock. Wait a minute. Did you think he was wearing a Ribera shirt? I thought when I saw the bowl. Boom. You know what? We don't accept that in this game. You have to get your facts correct. The the, the only bowl you see is a bunch of bullshit that you spew out of that mouth, Lean Savage. Hold hold it. Let's add him back to the stream. Like I was was saying the other night, Rit, did your your hair gravitate toward your beard? And that's where it ended up because it looks like it. Ah. No. Oh Just my saying. God! He said you have a Matt Jackson hairline. What do you have to say to that, Rit? Hey, the, I'm bald and the beautiful. Uh minus the beautiful. Yeah, you're bald. Yeah, so. You're bald. That's for fucking well sure. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bo- 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 is that right now? Being bald, Eddie. Oh no 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 no. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there for Mike Unit. Mike, did you ever see the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode? I don't know if you're a fan of the show, but he was, I'm he not. was, okay, well, he was going on to a cop, a black, <laughs> he just said, fuck it, I'm not a fan of no, it. No, fuck you, you I'm not. to hide it, Mike. No, he was, he was making a point of saying to a, to a black cop that, you know, it's okay if he shaves his head because it's culturally acceptable, but if a white guy does it, it's not so, it doesn't look so good. So you're already ahead of the game. Uh, you do know I'm Samoan, right? Sure. Well, no, hold on. First of all, 
if we're gonna goddamn it, yeah, if, if you're gonna go with that, sure. If we're gonna talk about bald heads, oh hold on. If we're gonna talk about bald heads, Mike Unit has a good shaped head um, above his trousers. Uh, right. The, ri- the whoa, ri- whoa, whoa, the whoa, ri- whoa, maybe not so much. I know that was that was very shell shock esque. Fucking hell! Considering he, he said I'm bald and beautiful he, in my pants in the comment section, yeah, you hit the nail on the fucking head there. No, I, he didn't. I keep both, both are bald. So, Mike Unit, let me ask you this question: When did you? You obviously had hair at one point in time. When did you decide to shave your head? So, okay, and the video is still on Facebook. I just got to find it. So I was uh, working out with a friend of mine at work, and um, he took me to this very upscale gym in uh, Centerville, Virginia. And I was doing, um, I was doing what it was, was called doing rows from the bottom, and I had like two twenty-five four plates on there, and I was just rowing right. But before I do it, I always get down low before I get ready to pull in, right? And I noticed when I had bent over to pull in. I saw oh. this huge bald spot that was like, it, uh, I, it was one of those things I couldn't live that lie anymore. So I was like, you know what? The next day after seeing the guy post the video, I mean, everyone thought the video was cool because it's like, damn, Mike is lifting fucking weight. But the back of my mind, I'm like, look at that huge fucking bald spot that I had. So literally the next day I went to my barber and I said, shave it all off. And he was like, skinhead. I was like, bald. And then he was like, wow. like Steve Austin bald, and it said bald. So he shaved my head, and ever since then, I, I've stayed bald for about a good uh, three years. And it was on my dad's birthday I shaved my head. Was you know what, Mike? Like, hey, it's, like, it's, it's weird because like with your Samoan heritage, you figure you would have a full head of hair like all the rest of the Samoans do. I guess it just skipped or something. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I'm lost. I guess being half black, I don't know. Do you just um, look weird because you're Canadian? What's the deal here? Okay. Hey, hey. Oh my God. I mean, is that is that what it is, is also, to catch a predator look? Is that is what that look is, Liam? No, I mean, no, no, yes, yes, no, it no, is. I honestly think, in all seriousness, I think each year I got older, I put 10 years of aging on me because by the time I was 12, I had like patches of gray hair. Like, oh, fuck. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, yeah. I got it everywhere, yeah. dude. Okay, I had that when I was 14. So. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. well, take take it this way. You could you could have your coworker say, oh, did someone jizz on the bottom of your chin? That, that's a really did. good thing to hear. So you, no, well, hold on, hold on. You would let's, know about it, wouldn't you? Let, you were looking in the window there, but weren't you? Let's let's get right to the point here. First of all, your your coworkers are saying somebody went straight Pete North on your chin. Now listen, I know you got a big Dalmatian. It's spot Peter right North, there. not Pete. It's yeah, Peter. you know what? Right, give him right. some respect. You would know because you have the downloads. But listen, here's the deal. That, yeah. that is a that is a large spot, Corilla Deville. You need to seriously dye that shit. Why? <laughs> Why do you like allow a that? To... Def Leopard. That's a that's Def a like... Leopard. Okay, it's me, Corillin. God damn it. No, I got nothing else to say. What is, oh, what is Shell well. Shock Nation doing in the chat? He's drawing obscure ob- jerking pictures. off or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a glaring, I'm looking at you while touching myself sensually face. Nice. See? It Told you. Think about you know what? I want to I want to throw it to, uh, to, to my poor man Logan here because Logan's just trying to sit there, trying to have a good time. Maybe give his dog some chicken. He's stroking his beard. Tell me what you're <laughs> thinking about right now during all this nonsense. Oh, nothing. A couple I'm hands. just listening to the nonsense, just smoking a cigarette. 
you're probably wondering, why do I agree to come on to do this bullshit every single week? Makes my week. <laughs> I appreciate Same that. <laughs> what is your What is your shirt right there? Let me see your shirt. Yeah, we, are we? Oh, that's the awesome. Fuck yeah, it is. Oh my god, that is sweet. Hot like topic it. for twenty five bucks, I think. Hot Topic is the place to go, and I go there and I get my uh, Orange Cassidy and my Inner Circle stuff. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I'll look here, look, look here Home Depot Jesus. You just need to back away from the screen a little bit, okay? You need to back up a little bit. You are so no, up I'll in get that closer thing. if anything. Yeah, please, please, please get closer. Yep, okay. appreciate that. Uh-huh. Jizz beard. All right, guys, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, we have a six-pack of color it. <laughs> wow that is negative Bye, Nicholas points. that yes he is boog boog good comment on boog from work he is the dollar general jesus that is right there boom there you go and i do apologize to anybody for any of these references um what i will say is this we have a six pack of questions <laughs> that we're going to be going into today so let me go ahead and let me fuck read you the- boog anyways just a big fuck you, Boog. That's all you yeah, got. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Hi, welcome back. You're not on the video yet, but your audio is coming back. Like you're in the live stream on Steam Yard, but not on Twitch. Fuck them. Anyways, continue. Very confused what's happening here. Mm? Uh, let me see here. I'm trying to pull up some of my notes. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, so first topic we want to talk about here. Uh, before we start the show, so I'll let you know we're going to play another game called Around the Horn. You may be familiar with it from the ESPN show. It's now uh, evidently on another channel. What happens is I am going to ask a six-pack of questions to my panel of wrestling fans based upon how they answer the question, and if they back up their belief with a very good, strong, and convicting response, I will give them points. The points are arbitrarily given. At the end of the first two rounds, someone will have to go, and every round after that, someone will be eliminated until we get down to the final two. When the final two, someone is going to have to go, and someone's going to be the winner. So, so far right now, Anton has won the first two weeks, while Liam Savage has been, well... Runner up, he's been in the final round, but he's hoping to change that this week. So let's yeah. go into the first question Is the WWE any closer to returning back to Saudi Arabia? Now, this topic is written by Mark Middleton from Wrestling Inc. Uh, it looks like the WWE, who has not been to Saudi Arabia since the pandemic has started, looks like things are going to be opening up again. News recently reported that uh, the Kingdom has reached out to WWE about having yet another super showdown. Uh, I want to go to, let's go to Mike Unit first. Mike, I know there's a 10-year contract. I know they've agreed to this. We have realized that the, the concept of working with the Saudi prince is uh, is not good. I mean, it's, it's about as safe as Bill Cosby at a daycare. My point, Ooh. though, is... Do you think this is a good idea that we continue to do God stuff damn. with the Saudis and we continue to do more of these Saudi Arabia shows? Absolutely not. And the reason why, didn't they get hijacked the last show they did, like where they were stranded waiting to get on the plane because of money issues with them to the Saudi Arabia prince? I, If I remember correctly, uh, I remember Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows mentioned it, you know. Um, It's just one of those things. It's just like the whole selling the network for Peacock. 
Vince looked at the money and didn't look at the fine print. He didn't look at the repercussions of what could happen from it. It's this is not this is not good. I like the original super. The only super super show that I like that they've done was the one in Australia. I did not care for the Saudi Arabian shows. That's just my personal opinion. I don't think it's safe with everything that's going on in the world right now. And I'm not talking COVID either. I just wouldn't trust it. Wouldn't trust it at all. If I they can choose any other place. And I get it. It's contracted. But once again, I think Vince was busy looking at the dollar signs and forgot to look at the fine print. And you're basically sacrificing your crew for basically Saudi Arabian blood money. I said what I said on that. No, I agree with you. Could not agree with you more. Let's go ahead and let's throw it over to Anton. Um, right now, they don't have a scheduled date yet. However, we still know it's a 10-year contract, so the mm-hmm. dates are going to be filled since COVID is is going to be releasing its grip. What's your take on this? Do you somehow find a way to get out of it, or do you think eh, we just got a grin and bear it? Contracts are contracts, and that's going to be really hard to get out of. However, we all know Jerry McDivitt is one hell of a motherfucking lawyer. So don't ever, don't ever rule that shit out. However, I am an anarchist. There's a reason why it's tattooed on my fucking elbow. You know, so um, he was just looking at the money and dollar signs, especially you know both pre-pandemic when he's like, oh shit, they're throwing you know massive sums of money at us to only do two shows a year. We can do two shows a year, but yet you know not looking into the finer print like you have stated and was just said because, like, Sami Zayn can't be there, which is also a choice. Daniel Bryan choosing not to go. Them wanting people to come out of retirement, like HBK, the Taker Goldberg thing, etc. You're having to cater and play to these people. You know, yes, they did some cool shit like having the first women's match over there. That was fucking awesome. Did take a couple shows to get it done, but they moved forward, made a tiny bit of progress. But I most certainly have to agree with Mr. Mike Weldorder, Mike Cook, Mike Unit. Because he is so right on this one with the entire state of things. I'm not trying to make this a political conversation by any means. But when it's a total war zone over there, when Palestine is a total war zone, we've already been held up by a prince once. Regardless if or not WWE admits to it, Vince left his crew and bailed, and a captain's supposed to go down with his ship. So, no. The, granted, contracts are contracts. They are going to have to ride this out. And because of the pandemic, we're now behind on a 10-year contract. That probably null and voids it to a degree if we're being real and honest. But those are some details that are going to have to be looked into. These are things we're going to have to figure out. But it probably is for sure going to happen because they did announce a Tyson Fury boxing fight for somewhere in Saudi Arabia for like August. So with that being announced, it's eventually going to happen. It's just a matter of when, not if. Love it. Love the take right now. But jump in here and get on this, you stiff prick. Uh, We know you've had several sentiments you've shared over the years about what you think about the Saudi situation. What's your take regarding this? And do you think that there's any chance, any chance of getting out of this? Or do you think, nope, you know what? Suck it up, buttercup. More of this crap's on the way. Contract's a contract. You got to honor it, like it or lump it, unless you can come to a financial agreement to, to go your separate ways, get out of it that way. I think they should, they have to do it. Do I think they should do it on a on a level outside of a contract, a moral type of thing? No, probably not. Nothing really good comes of this. The shows are the shits. You got so much political nonsense. You got the whole thing going on with the prince 
not holding up the planes or not paying people or whatever it is. The talent don't want to go. But Vince signed. He kind of owes it to him. So unless they can come to some kind of agreement that way, they're kind of stuck. Yeah, That's no, my take on it. You, you no, I agree with you up. completely. I agree completely. Uh, let's go ahead and let's throw it over to the CEO himself. What is your take on this? I mean, we've heard several different people's views on this. A contract is a contract. However, uh, Anton did make a very good point here, you know, with the situations that have happened recently from a political standpoint. Jerry McDevitt may have some legs to stand on as far as this case goes. What's your take on it? We don't need to go back over there, period. WWE doesn't. Obviously, there are so many talent that you would like to see on that card that can't go over there like Aleister Black because he has Lilith tattooed on him. Daniel Bryan choosing not to, like Anton said. Um, and so many others. The Good Brothers spoke out about it. They don't... It's a ridiculous thing. I don't... I wouldn't do it for the money. I would stay. I would fight to stay if it were me. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Rit, what is uh, what is your thoughts on this? And um, why is it that you're going to have to take that shit off and put on a real wrestling shirt before the, sh- the show's over? But first yeah, of all, a- a- answer the Looks question. Like he's about to go skiing. I sit there and think it's uh, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate and switch it around. I think that, yes, WWE is going to go over there to put on one more show. And the talent that they're going to take over and the talent that they're not going to be able to bring – uh, cause no one's going to want to come out of retirement, you know, to go over there for a payday takers, not, you know, you're not going to get no big names. They're going to put on such a bad show. <laughs> the Saudis are going to be the ones to break the contract and, you know, cancel because they're going to say, you're not giving us what we asked for, what we you know, are paying you for. We're paying you for a WrestleMania type caliber of show where you're not giving it to us and it's not wwe's fault it's the saudi arabian's fault because of tattoos because of you know what you did last time because of the war zone that these guys got to fly into your birth heritage and you know you can't can't sit there and and do that anymore so i'm thinking yeah they're going to have one more one more show over there but it's not going to be vince saying no, we're done. We're breaking the contract. It's going to be the Saudis saying, no, you're not giving us what, what we want, what we paid for. You know, here's something that I've always... Can I on one point to that real quick? Just because... Yes. So, on the note of that, WrestleMania is a hard enough show to put on once a fucking year anyways, let alone when you're trying to throw in these shows twice a year, so therefore taking away from the magic that is WrestleMania, and also trying to bring people out of retirement who are either in their 50s and 60s, you know, like them wanting Austin... Austin, you know, if he wouldn't come out of retirement for Punk, wouldn't come out of retirement to do the Hogan thing, etc., you're not going to offer that man enough money to say, fuck it, I will risk paralysis to do it. Granted, like the Edge and Angle thing, it's been enough time he probably could, but he doesn't have the fucking desire to. You know, the fact that they got Shawn Michaels to actually come out of fucking retirement one fucking time for that payday, which I'm sure was six figures and a massive fucking payday, but you know that hurt his spirit. He looks back on that and goes, why the fuck did I do that? Especially after that miraculous revival run from O2 to, you know, et cetera. No, I agree. I think well point, well made. Uh, let's go ahead and let's throw it to uh... Liam. 
yeah, must have hurt Liam. Uh, Do you really want to? I I can't tell. (laughs) No, by all means, the the ball is in your court. Please share with us your thoughts on the whole Saudi Arabia situation. Good, bad, or indifferent, is it going to continue? Will we fulfill the entire contract? Or, would some of the panelists say, "Eh, I think the Saudis will pull the plug. It's a 10-year contract, so let's look at business first. 10 years. You have two a year, two events a year that you have to fulfill. They started doing that, and they were continuing doing that until the pandemic hit. Uh, Let's set the pandemic aside, and if we do, then they would have been on course to be three or four years in at this point, and it wouldn't have made much difference. The only thing is that they have to have a spectacular, you know, kind of, I, I don't know if it's a main event necessarily or just more of a something that would attract the people there or just even for WWE's sake, just for the rest of the world to say, Hey, we have undertaker versus Goldberg or something along those lines. Uh, you can't get much more of those uh, undertakers retired and everybody else. Who, who do you have at this point? Um, but as far as everything else goes, just based on the political climate there, I would not go back if there is a way to get out. Um, I don't think there is a way to get out. They have to abide by the contract. If they make a contract, they have to abide by it. I'm sorry. Like I've, I've said this before. If you make a contract and you say this is going to happen and that's going to happen, you have to follow through, whether you like it or not. That's the way it is. It's business. Okay. And if they follow through on that, great. Don't do it ever again. Do the odd show there, and that'll be fine. But do not keep going back. Ten years is insane. Two shows a year. I mean, people didn't really care about the shows everywhere outside of the world when they happened anyways. I sure as hell didn't. And uh, I know there's a lot of people that have very major concerns about going there. And I can understand that. So I would say... If there's any way to cancel the contract and just mutually agree to part ways, great. If not, then finish it out and never go back unless there is some type of reform there in Saudi Arabia where they, you know, all the people can, I don't know, I I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. Just politically, just trying to make sure everybody's on the same page, uh, not making it a whole spectacle and trying to act like everything's great there when it's not. Just try to make sure that everybody's cool and that we don't have uh, an event there just for the sake of having an event to say, hey, look, we're going into a certain, certain market. It's just not going to work. Well, I mean, I think it's it's a situation of – the mentality of, of the prince um, is much different than what it is over here uh, in the United States. And I think right. it's, a, it's a complete contrast – in ideology and the way business is done. Um, and I think you you can't change that. So if you're going to get into bed with somebody and you're going to make a huge contract like this, last time Vince was going to make a 10-year contract, you know who it was with? It was with Bret Hart. What's with Vince in these 10-year deals? It's just, it seems well, like 20 years of Bret Hart. Hart. Well, yeah. well hey, 20, 20 years. 20. Yeah. yeah. What? Why? I don't see why anyone, 
would think that that's a good idea. I think Vince sees dollar no. signs, much like he did with the Peacock situation. Oh, we're going to go right. to Peacock. We're going to make billions of dollars. Yet we're going to make the platform so much more watered down. You're going to give NBC and Universal the opportunity to go ahead and express what they like and don't like. They're able to rewrite history. They're able to change things. And I'm not necessarily down for that. But once again, that's my take on that. Um, let's go ahead and let's find out where everyone stands after round one. In three, two, one. Here are the scores. Mike, unit at 15. Anton Strong, round one, 15. What? The Rit comes in with five. Logan Slater comes in with 15. Uh, the Savage gets five. And the Butt gets 15. So, Pretty much a very solid round. Wait, hold on. No, According round. to your screen, I got 25. I, I said 25, didn't I? That, that, it sounded like 15. 15. Oh, Anton's got 25. Ritz got five. Logan's got 15. Savage has got five. And the butt has 15. So pretty much a very solid fuck? Uh, language needs to be curbed uh, moving forward here. Okay, Garage Man. So what let's go on. Yes. Yes. Let's go ahead. Doesn't look like we're going to have a rematch as of right now, but moving <laughs> on here. Um, another story, obviously, by Wrestling Inc. I want to make sure we give credit <coughs> to Wrestling Inc. and Raj Gary for the topics for tonight's show. Uh, by all means, check out WrestlingInc.com. Uh, has incredible, incredible stories each and every day, sometimes even hourly. Um, our first article was actually by a really great uh, article uh, by Mark Middleton. So, Please, by all means, follow him on social media as well. All right. New Jack has a store that's launched by Pro Wrestling Tees, and AEW stars are donating to a GoFundMe account. So as we all know, recently, a ECW original New Jack had passed away after suffering a massive heart attack in North Carolina at the age of 58. His wife, Jennifer Young, actually released the following statement on social media, and I'll read it here. For, uh, thank you for all the outpouring of love uh, from family, friends, and fans. I'm totally blown away. Jerome uh, was not only my husband, but he's my best friend, and I'm completely gutted. <laughs> he loved he loved a lot of you very much, and you'll never know how much I appreciate the love. I can't really respond to everyone right now. I'm completely broken. I'm trying to keep things up with the kids. Um, I don't know how I'm going to go through this, et cetera, et cetera. It's a very, very long statement. However, Pro Wrestling Tees has uh, agreed to jump in here and open up a store. Uh, so a GoFundMe account was created to help pay for funeral expenses. And um, they're looking to get about 50000 And as of this posting, they had raised about $2,100. Um, obviously, it's not close to what they're looking for. However, you know what? Each day, maybe we're going to get a little bit more. Um, I'm going to check on that and see where we are numbers-wise right now. Let's go ahead and let's throw it to the butt. Uh, Christopher, what's your take on this? Are you a big fan of the GoFundMe accounts, especially when it comes to wrestlers? And do you feel like this is something that wrestling fans should uh, take part in if they really do respect and love wrestling? Or do you think, nah, it's kind of an option? Why not? Apparently, they need the cash. If you can cough up a couple dollars, whether it's a dollar, five dollars, twenty, fifty, or a hundred, whatever. If it helps the family, I don't have a problem with it. Some people fall on hard times for one reason or another. Now, if it's a, a go for me for a straight cash grab, that's kind of horseshit. I don't agree with that. But if it's to you know pay off final expenses and whatnot. I can't see why you wouldn't want to do it. New Jack gave people hours and hours of entertainment. 
if you can shoot his family a couple dollars, why not? He's earned it, right? His family are going through a rough patch right now. What's a couple dollars? Yeah. Just money. I'm with you as well. Let's throw it over to the Rit, who's still wearing the outfit, which, once again, take that off. But let's go ahead and let's move on. What's your thought about the GoFundMe account with New Jack? Do you feel like that they're going to reach the goal? And do you feel like there should be something outside of GoFundMes that wrestling fans can be a part of? Maybe there should be some type of communal thing that's set up in general. So maybe... Uh, wrestlers who need help. I know Cauliflower Alley does a lot of that kind of stuff for surgeries, but should there should there be more things that are done for wrestlers who need stuff like this, final expenses, maybe an emergency surgery? Well, the GoFundMe does help out a lot of people. Uh, you know, last October, I had to actually start a GoFundMe for when, when my mom passed away, and it was it, it helped out, but, you know, I also learned that the GoFundMe, you don't get all the all the money that you raise. Uh, they actually take a take a small percentage of it themselves. So, which I think is horseshit. But, uh, man, uh, I I think that you know if you can send them directly, you know PayPal's out there, you know, uh, a Cash App, you know, if you would send them uh, money directly. They're getting all 100% of it. You know, GoFundMe is not going to get their little percentage. And for what New Jack did, he, he actually put blood, literal blood, sweat, and tears into the business, you know, giving us memories over the years. Man, it, if you can help out his family any way possible, I, I, I would respect it 100%. Because, man, that's the least you can do for his family that you know he does that he did for you with all the memories you know you're helping you know pay for his final expenses and submitting his legacy and and helping the memories uh and, and lifting the burden off of his family yeah no that's a really good point here so as you can see on your screen here this is the official uh gofundme here that's been set up and it looks like we're uh we're getting close to 12,000. There's been 293 donors so far um, in the midst of, of the $50,000 goal here. So it looks like a lot of wrestling fans have been involved in this. And I will I will go ahead and retweet this as well. So people, if you have an opportunity to go ahead and donate, um, even if it's not a whole lot, uh, do what you can to help somebody like the Ritz said uh, for final expenditures uh, to, to help somebody have a proper send off. So and and just uh you know someone that actually had to go through that man you might not think five bucks is, is you know much five bucks is there will help out regardless you know and, and any amount will help out this family mm-hmm. well said i agree with you completely uh let's go on over to the ceo himself whoa uh-oh who's who's partying too hard already right now we're not even done with round two uh, Logan, what's your take on the whole GoFundMe situation? And do you feel like they're going to be able to reach that goal that his wife is looking for? The years of entertainment that New Jack has gone through is worth every dollar. I, I, I be- truly believe that they're going to reach their goal. Um, honestly, I hope they reach it. Because, you know, New Jack is beloved by many. So, 
other than that, like help out New Jack and help out even I think Sabu's is still up too. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, donate as what you can a dollar, two dollars, five dollars. Anything helps. It really does. I agree. Perfect. Uh, let's go ahead and throw it over to Mike Unit. Um, Mike, what's your take on GoFundMe's and the situation uh, revolving New Jack? Um, I'm all for you know the the whole GoFundMe's to help wrestlers out. You know because the one sad thing about pro wrestling, whether it's the independent promotions or you're working in WWE, there is no benefits. There's no life insurance. There's no pension. There's there's none of that. So I completely understand what the family's going through. Um, prime example, a few years back, best friend of mine, Craig Classic, he was on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, and it'll be mentioned when he comes back for part two. You know, because of him being stuck in Japan and he didn't have the expenses to get back home. Zero One did not take care of him. Like, they really did him dirty. Me being the friend that I be, I did a GoFundMe to help raise, to get him back, you know, to uh, to the States from Japan. You know, pretty much with what I had left over, because I used a whole chunk of it for my savings. And the rest was from GoFundMe just to bring him back. Because the company that was supposed to promise all these things to him, lied and left him out in the cold, basically. So I get it. I um, I, I truly get it, you know, and I love how pro wrestling tees have helped sponsor and support because they've done it for so many other wrestlers in those situations. Um, it, it's one of those things that where, once again, the wrestling community steps up to support and giving back what they gave us. And that's years and years of memories. And as I'm listening to everyone else's answers, you know, it's, it's making me slowly, slowly learn that, you know, we're not only are we getting older, but all the people we used to watch growing up, they're slowly leaving us. So it's just one of those things, and I plan on supporting once I get paid uh, tomorrow. I'm going to be donating to New Jack, you know, his fund as well. So, it, like I say, it's just one of those things, whether it's a dollar, five dollars, every penny count because from experience, I know it helps, and that and it goes to show who really cares. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Well said. By the way, who's playing with a slinky right now? Who's got the slinky? Who's got the slinky? The Rit. The Rit's got a damn slinky. Good grief almighty. Uh, who else has not had a chance to weigh in on this one? I've been trying to monitor something. Oh, that's right, Anton. Anton, jump in here. New All Jack, right. go fund me. What's your take on this? So I'm super happy to see that it's up from like the two, like two grand area where I saw it at when I originally saw the post. That makes me much much happier to be real honest like you know obviously some people have a hard time endorsing new jack as a person whatsoever considering of the gypsy joe thing and etc it just it is what it is that man gave you hours upon hours of entertainment 
do think her goal is a little high. However, I don't know if they had debt, whatever, etc. My family's had to do this for a cousin who, of mine who passed away in his 30s from diabetes. Like he had dialysis for years and kidney failure and from diabetes, lost a toe and everything. We had to do it. So everything helps. Everything is something even just sharing it fucking helps. I, you know, it to me was super ironic. And I mentioned this the other day on Twitter that the same day that the Nick Gage episode of Dark Side airs, New Jack fucking dies the following day. Mm-hmm. You know, Cactus Jack was his number one influence, obviously, but you can't tell me New Jack didn't influence him because you know he fucking did. You know, you know he fucking did. So I'm just, I was like, God damn, you know, not New Jack wasn't a deathmatch guy, but he was the epitome of ultra violence before ultra violence was a thing. So, you know, it's the, you know, older generation just slowly checking out. And I've been noticing that since roughly I was 20, the year I was going to turn 21, the year the streak ended. I was like, God damn, y'all guys killed my childhood for $9.99. Fuck. And it just continued. <laughs> to fucking happen no i'm serious like no i know what you mean (laughs) like i was sitting there like and i just turned 20 in december this was in april and i was like god damn the year i legally turn an adult adult y'all fucking kill my childhood holy fuck so it it's one of those things it is very sad i'm glad we all have a similar opinion on this which isn't hard to understand or guess so it just is what it is thank you and uh this is for mr new jack here's a shot for him so. There we go. Oh, Excellent. I, I wanted I wanted moonshine, but thank you for the crown. So, it's all good. Thank you. No, it's all good. So, um, yes. Cheers on that one to New Jack. Uh, any other final comments before I release the scores of round two? I didn't two? go yet. Yeah, I was gonna say yep. Liam. Jump on in here, Liam. <laughs> um, anybody that doesn't donate to New Jack for his fund that appreciated him, shame on you. Um, the guy, yeah. we can we can say what we want about his uh you know background or his career or anything like that but you know what he was uh he was an original i can tell you without any joke that whenever i went to an ecw show and i did go to a few that anytime natural born killers hit the whole fucking crowd went nuts and that's whether you liked his gimmick or whether you didn't he was over and the crowd loved him, and uh, I'm I'm sad that he's gone. Um, I'm not completely surprised that he's gone because he lived a rough life, but that doesn't dispute the fact that he made an impact. Um, let's try to put money in for him for his uh, fund if we can. And realized that he uh, contributed a lot. He was original. He was uh, worthy of our respect because he went the extra mile. He didn't have a lot of wrestling ability, let's be honest with him. But he could cut a promo like almost nobody else. Yes. I forgot what wrestler it was on Twitter, but someone made the comment to like that their only story about New Jack was they were somewhere with him on an indie show and he showed people that he actually could do a bunch of technical shit. And they were like, Why don't you show people this? He's like, If you tell anyone this, I'm gonna fucking kill you. I will fucking cut you. He's like, <laughs> No. <laughs> so so the oh, guy I'm... didn't share this story till after he died, and I I cracked yeah. the fuck up at it. But he was one hell of a promo. One ball oh, yeah. last promo. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if you can if you can watch any ECW from '96 to say '99, 
you're going to hear some excellent promos. That's how you did it. He was real. That's why it worked. And what about he kept Smoky up Mountain promo. Yeah, excellent. Excellent stuff. He really was uh going the fine line with the Smoky Mountain stuff with ECW and um he really you know, he was an original. He was an ECW original. We all miss him and uh I wish he was still here. He even uh he interacted with me on Instagram. Uh, he interacted with a bunch of us on Instagram, and you know, I just said like, you know, thanks for everything. He's like, yeah, that's what's up. That's about all he said. <laughs> and, and you know, I was like, hey, that's New Jack. That's great. That's 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 all I needed from him. Uh, I'm gonna miss him. Um, we all should. He was uh, he's an ECW original, and um, let's uh, do what we can to help his family out. I couldn't agree with you more. Um... That was beautiful. It was. Thank it was you. very good. That was very Thank good. You. Now, um, I, I just want to jump in here, not to not to go from somber back to, to comical here, but I am so glad <laughs> to see that uh, that the writ finally. Uh, yes, now that's what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, oh is he trying? Is he, is he trying to bounce his pecs like Mike Unit does? Mike, uh, I know it's I know it's early on in the show. Is there any chance you could do a little pec bounce? Give me some pec bounce. bounce. Yeah, do a little peck bounce. Do it. Here, I'm, go. gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the setup. Let's let's just think that uh, Connie up. Chung, Connie Chung, and uh, Maury Povich had just walked into your local His YMCA. Are talking to me. They are. Look at that. They're jumping. They're oh, sending man. a message. Oh, they're that's that's vicious and delicious. And you're like Maury, get the fuck out of here. I, I, can I can't. Actually, I can actually bounce them into tune of Super Mario Brothers. Oh, my God. Try to bounce them to the Golden Girls theme. Wow. Thank you for being a friend. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I think we have breaking news. I think we have breaking news from the RIT, from the control center. Or not from the RIT. God, what am I doing? I'm stupid. Oh, God. From Anton. We have a couple of comments that are coming in from Shellshock Nation. What are the comments in the Moondock. Moondog needs to know where his socks at. He also <laughs> says Rid is buff. Don't Rit forget is the buff. lotion. <laughs> wow. The Rit's the first guy that's getting hit on this evening. Just ask for the sock. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't. All right, guys. Let's go wow. to the uh, end of the second round. Let's see who's going to be moving on and who do we have to say. Take her easy. Boom. Mike Unit coming in with 22. Anton, 35. Rit 24.9, Logan 20, Savage 25, and the Butt 25. So it looks like, oh, man, he, Wait, ain't, getting slop, he ain't getting sloppy seconds because he couldn't finish the first time. Let's throw it over to the Rit. You just put your shirt on, but guess, <laughs> but guess what? I know you wore a, I knew you wore a helmet when you rode the bus, but I need you to tell everybody goodbye. Until Wait a minute. First things oh, no. first. Why are you kicking him? It was me. You can't add. Oh, technically. <laughs> Damn. Yep. Hold on. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold God on. Damn it, no. God damn it, Rick. No. You're about to make this so much worse. Wow. I did not, this hold on. I did, not, I did not do that correct. I'm sorry. Hold on. No, 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 no. On air. Everybody seen this? No. I, I didn't see shit. I don't know what you're talking about. That is. Oh, that's, that's more like a point oh. nine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Mike Unit rocking in at 22, Anton 35. Yeah. The Ritz a point nine. Uh Logan, 
Uh, Savage and Butt all coming in at 25 points apiece. So oh. before before you do the final swan dive here, what would you like to tell everybody? <laughs> you have 30 seconds. Hey, I don't have to say nothing. All I got to do is this. Oh, that's great. No one really cares. Oh. All right, guys. Don't Too go bad. anywhere. Go ahead and get you get yourself a cup of coffee. Get yourself a cup of taters. Get yourself something to drink. I'm gonna uh, smoke me a fucking cigarette. How about do, that? Hey, you know what? <laughs> do whatever you gotta do. You know what? Have make one. sure you don't let uh, Moon Dog know because he'll be wanting to smoke something else. Wow. Oh, I, I, is I, he I, here? I, Moon Dog is in the chat. Yes, he's in the network. He's where the fuck should Shell Shock Network actually from. be? Should Shell Shock Network Watch actually out, be in the chat oh. or in the show? Does he need to be in the that's show, or do you think we should? That's up to you. <laughs> this is coming from Anton. When Anton says, that's up to you, that is, oh, man. I have a hard enough time filtering my fucking self. That's why you let me dictate these comments that I read and don't read. This is true. Oh, man. I don't even know what to say. This is uh, this is tremendous. Yep. I, you know what? God darn it. I wanted to throw the it to. Uh, of the crop. I wanted to throw it to this one video, but for whatever reason, I don't have it. Uh, oh, no. Wait a minute. Anton, didn't you send me the Shining Wizards commercial at one point in time? I think so. Um, let's see here. Either that or uh, they did. Let's see if I got it. Might have sent it to me. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember anything. We, was, don't. Okay. we can't remember things we did 30 seconds ago. This is true. This is true. Oh, so a random fan sent me some voiceovers that they made. He made one for Butt that said live from his kindergarten classroom, the man with the shitty dial-up, roughly to the effect of that. And then he also gave me one. And it was the uh, the millennial who promises not to smoke more, promises that he doesn't smoke more than Rob Van Dam, Mr. Anton Heidnick. I need to get him to actually email me these so we can use them for fucking something because they were fucking hilarious. Wow. Who sent that in? I want to say it was... Hold on, I'll get on Twitter and tell you. Someone that didn't like me, apparently. No, he said or he was going to make you and Rip one, too. He oh, said he was going to make you and Rip one, too. It uh, is Jack the Game Lord on Twitter. Jack the oh, Game Jack, Lord. Right. I love Jack the Very Game good. Lord. Very good. Let's take a live look into what the Ritz doing. Yep. Looking busy, as always. I was nice looking job. at his phone. Yep. 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 Have fun, All right, right, guys. We're going to step out. Get yourself something to drink. Go to the bathroom. Do what you need to do. We'll be right back. More Front Row Material Live. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. shirt too sexy for my shirt so sexy it hurts and I'm too sexy for Milan too sexy for Milan New York and Japan take it and I'm too sexy for your party too sexy for your party no way I am disco dancing I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk, yeah on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my little turn on the 
for my hat? Too sexy for my hat? What do you think about that? Hold it! I'm a model. You know what I mean. And I do my little turn on the cowboy. Yeah, on the cowboy. On the cowboy. Yeah, I do my little to front row material live it is tuesday night hope you're enjoying the show so far uh do want to let everybody know that uh, if you did miss uh, the interview that we did earlier on in the program uh with joe dombrowski uh, obviously you can uh, <laughs> you can obviously catch that on the encore presentation after the show goes off the air tonight and you'll also be able to get the audio version of it when we drop that on friday once again special thanks to joe jombrowski uh, pro wrestling commentator. Obviously, you've heard him on Triple Mania, Ring of Honor. We're going to go ahead and tweet all of his information so you guys can follow him. He's got a great library of all kinds of information here, merchandise as well, AEW action figures, which not even ready to talk about that yet, but um, but we'll get there. Let me bring in the crew once again. Joining us tonight from Canada is the one and only the Butt himself. Butt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Just poured myself another drink. So that's what I like to see. We have the man himself, Anton Heidnick, holding it down in the control center. What's going on, buddy? How's life treating you? So, Mr. Uh, I'm all right. No real complaints. Enjoying my couple days off. So one of our fellow Canadians, Mr. Travis Bohab, who hits me up with guitar riffs to make rap beats out of and stuff, asked Mr. Shellshock, Mr. Moondog, have you ever watched the show uh, Californication, which is a show I love? He goes, have you ever been so drunk on cock that you just beg for a couple more inches? LOL, sorry. Moondog's reply is, I once blacked out during while taking it in the ass, and the dude was like, dude, I already came twice. I'm done. Whoa. Travis' reply was, Moondog, never go to prison. Oh, my God. I can't. Enjoy it too much. Oh, Lord. I I don't even know what to say. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, guys. This is the podcast that literally we go there. Go where? Everywhere, yeah, that's right. Not all of us go there. No, not oh. all of us, just some of us. Um, yeah. So what's going on with the CEO of Order Entertain? What's new with you? What's happening on the channel? Give us a little rundown of what we can expect for the rest of this week. Uh, we are expecting the final broadcast of the Black and Gold brand each uh, this Wednesday and the final takeover this weekend because starting next week, on Thursday nights will be New Japan Pro Wrestling. And AEW will move to Wednesday nights. Kind of ironic. 
But hey, something different for the channel. Not a lot of streamers can deal with. Not a lot of streamers can deal with the. Get it out. The it format out. of New Japan Pro Pro Wrestling. That's what you got me for. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I agree with you. I think the format is a little bit different. I think sometimes it may be a little harder for your average wrestling fan to get into. So I'm 100% with you. Um, let, let's throw it on over here. Let's throw it over here to Mike Unit. Mike, um, tell us a little bit more about what's going on with you this week. What? And the... give, us, give us an update. Give us an update with what we can expect <laughs> from your show this week. I have no don't... words right now. I just love catching you guys off guard. Uh, what's with the do rag? I was gonna say condom, but okay. I mean, hey, what can I say? When you got a big head, it barely fits. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! That come on, you look good there, Mike. Oh, I know. It's just that, look, look, look! It's their penis envy of my head. But anywho, oh, uh, ooh. Uh, so tomorrow night, new episode, nine o'clock. Uh, I'll be having, like I said, a, a guest panel, and once again, do a spotlight on the local uh, business that's in the area. Like I said, try the product; it's it's awesome, especially her uh, vodka infused strawberries. Yeah, Ooh. Ooh. yeah, that was an interesting summer during the pandemic. Yeah, that's all I gotta say on that note. But uh. Yeah, it's going to be another fun episode. And then also uh, every Sunday, uh, which we started uh, this past Sunday, even though we bombarded with the, you know, Cold the Beardo. So every Sunday now, me and uh, J-Rod, we're going to be doing uh, watch-alongs of uh, just wrestling matches, certain pay-per-views. Um, for those who want to get educated on the uh, Japanese wrestling scene, that's what we're here for. Well, mostly me. Um, since uh, you mentioned there's no format with uh, people understanding New Japan, dude, I'm your guy. You are. I'm your sword. You're our hookup. I'll hear him. Playing the roster. I'm the Messiah of Japanese wrestling. But please, all I ask you, please, CEO. Book Shingo Takagi strong. That's all I ask. That's all yes, I ask. Yes, book Shingo Takagi strong. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Shingo Takagi strong. Is that hyphenated because oh he got married? What is that? No, we're just saying book him strong. Like Shingo Takagi basically. So I'm going to give you 60 second bio on Shingo Takagi. He was yes. trained in Dragon Gate, which was Ultimo yep. Dragon's promotion. He was the first guy who graduated from the Dragon Gate dojo. Pretty much spent the majority of his career there. Four-time Open the Dream Gate champion, which is their main title. He also yep. won West Side Extreme Wrestling 16-karat gold um, tournament. He made it in the finals of um, Battle of Los Angeles, losing to Walter. And then uh, he's also a former RH tag champion with fellow Japanese wrestler Naruki Doi, he left New Japan because of, I mean, not New Japan, uh, Dragon Gate because of contractual differences, meaning he didn't want to move to China to join OWE. And he left to join 
Naito's group, Los Ingobernables de Japón, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. But a lot of people didn't know Naito and Shingo knew each other because they were both graduates from the Animal Hamaguchi Dojo before they both went their separate ways. Do you realize if I didn't think you were on drugs, I wouldn't understand a goddamn thing you said. Those people's names, can't they just dub them and give them like English names? Like Tom and Larry, they're going after the tag tag. Shango Hongi Mongi and Flong Wong Pong. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not very cultured. Well, well, I'm not. You're looking at the Chinese yeah. Stop drinking buzz balls before the show. I know. Here's here's the deal. I, you know, here's one thing I'll say to you, Mike Unit. Mike Unit Ichiban. That's right. There we go. Um, wow. So let's go ahead and let's uh, let's bring Liam back in here because we obviously have to I, move it on to Rit. Yeah. My bad, Rit. Did I scare you? <laughs> Rit looks well, like we, he's spooked right now. The Rit doesn't really. All oh, the Rit took his logo off the screen. Uh, yeah, that looks right. better. That looks it better. Does. That's the best say, shot the, of Rit we've ever like seen. He got scared for a moment. My bad. But that one has more of a beard than him. Oh wow! <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I know Rit can hear us. Rit, did you just literally say you just bought something off of eBay right now? Rit has. Oh been... God! Hold yes. on, Rit, Rit, jump in here. What did you just buy? What did you just buy? Uh, I just bought AEW Series Four for one eighty nine. It's a waste what? of money. He bought everything. Okay, so l- let's get this straight real quick here, Fancy Pants. How much money have you spent on those uh, action figures so far? Ballpark, just just spit it. On AEW action figures alone, would we say at least a grand? No, not a grand. Okay. Well, our last conversation was probably right around, what, 900 No. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you said you dropped like five on at one point. Hey, his no. wife bought him one set for their anniversary. Yeah, about, about 500 maybe. About uh, 500 not, not as much as you spend on uh, beard coloring. Wow. I tell oh. you what, what do we got here? Yeah. What do we got here? We got a hater? We got Hold a hater. What a Hold sack me, of shit! Me, I let swear. Let me speak on. Let I'm me glad speak he's on, booted. On, he just compared you to Jay Leno. So there's no shame in that type of hobby, because I hear it all the time about me and belt collecting. And every time someone says something smart about me belt collecting, I block them because I don't need that negativity in my life. By the way, Freeland, I'm, my I'm cook, are you, are you trying to hurt our relationship right here? Because you're like one of my favorite people. I feel like you're getting I mad at me. I was about to put you over just then. Oh, okay. I'll shut my fat mouth in my diet. <laughs> Please continue. Speaking of which, I'm already like planning now in between my busy work weekend. So I, the section of Woodbridge I live in, I yes. live in what most people jokingly call the Hispanic suburban area. So less than five minutes away from my apartment, because I live right off I-95, there's a Walmart. And then 15 minutes away from my apartment, on the other side of Woodbridge, there's a Walmart. And I live right next to a Target, because you never know, they might have AEW figures at Target. So I'm like located in this belt line of where I can check because I'm already planning it when I get off work um, Saturday because I'm working overtime at my main job. So I'm already like figuring out after I messaged you, I said, well, let me make time to do this before I, you know, go to my other job. All because, you know, I love you, Freeland. 
And I love you, and I mean that with all sincerity. Oh, God. You are a good man. You know what? Hey, 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 eat shit. You're off the, you're off the panel. <laughs> yeah, Continue. I love hearing this. Continue. Mike gets, yeah, exactly. Mike gets full screen again. Yes, I get full screen again. No, nah, it's just, you know, when it comes to your, your family, you like we mentioned with New Jack, I'm pretty much giving up, what, an hour of my time just to check to see what they got. And I even message, hey, which ones do you, doesn't matter who. He pretty much told me who he didn't want. So I'm like, all right, cool. So now I'm going to hunt. And once I find what he needs, there's literally quarter of a mile from my apartment, a mailbox junction where I go to ship off all the nice custom micro order stuff that you people want. That's not on, you know, the shop, like, my impersonation of the WCW pay-per-views with the Mike World Order logo. So right there, I'm already planning out, okay, once I get the figures, there's already a place I can go to right there to ship them out because they're open seven days a week. So And they're open till 7 o'clock, seven days a week, 7 in the morning to 7 p.m. So I'm like, I've already had it planned out within 20 minutes of our conversation on uh, Twitter. You know what? You know what? Just for that, I think your point value might have just jumped. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, oh bullshit. Gosh. Hey, hey, hey. Blow it out your tookish, you mother canucker. Yeah. Hey, mother hey. canucker? Yeah. That's right. Hey, hey, boy. Don't All right, right North Kakalaki or South Kakalaki it's, or whatever the fuck. South Kakalaki. Don't you mess with me. Up from the mid-Atlantic area. Kakalaki. No one's talking like that. You no, need to get COVID tested. That's, that's he needs to get COVID tested, and he needs Jesus. That's no, all that's, I'm going to say. That, that is what they call the Carolinas in terms of, like, sounding cool. Oh, you Okay, I, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. My apologies. I, it's, look, it's annoying. I, I just oh, want to smack the person when they do that. They'd be like, oh, you from South Kakalaki, huh? And I want to be like... The only person I'm who gets sorry, away with that is Ric Flair. I'm an emotional person. I'm sorry. Hey, you, you're fine. You can say whatever <laughs> you want because you know what, my friend? Every week you come, you bring the noise, and you're not sitting in a garage. So I appreciate that. All right. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's bring – okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. American Sign Language. Let's go I ahead and – I fucking said the right slang, and you fucking dumped me again. Here we go. Moving on to the next one. Next topic. Motherfucker. <laughs> uh, zombie stunt at WrestleMania Backlash is one of the saddest moments in WWE oh, ever. And this was brought to you by the New York Post and Joseph Stankowitz. Stankowitz? Uh, w- <laughs> let, me, let me read. Wow. WWE was- sure know how to put a damper on a good... Shout out to Mr. Espinosa. Yeah, Mr. Espinoza, you're good with us, my friend. Right, no one loves you more than it. we. Put a little stack on it. He's going to be my co-host on to tomorrow night's episode. Mr. WWE. WWE Backlash continued uh, on a recent string of uh, pay-per-views filled with some great matches, some complete, some compelling storylines, but the matches will not be remembered because of the terrible cheap plug zombies. Thankfully, the acting uh, was actually halfway decent. However, it did come at some of the worst times. Uh, During the Miz-Damian Priest match, uh, zombies were brought in, obviously, as an ad and a plug for Dave Bautista's new movie, Army of the Dead, uh, which is going to be coming out on Netflix. Now, kudos to John Morrison and the Miz for actually selling it the best that they could. 
However, WWE, not so great. So let me ask you the questions right here. Uh, my main question for the panel is this. I understand when WrestleMania and other pay-per-views are trying to incorporate, hey, the theme of this is Drowning Pool or whatever. I get it, okay? Or if you say, this episode of Raw is brought to you by Fill in the Movie. It'll be in theaters coming out on this day. I get it. However, I don't feel like we need to have the zombies involved. So it's not like they were they were doing an advertisement for um, Step Brothers, and all of a sudden boats and hoes start you know playing, and and the two guys come out there and you know they start singing their song. My question is this, and this goes to the butt first. What's your take on this? Do you think they could have just simply just promoted it and said, "Hey, it's coming to theaters, but we don't need to go through this whole theatrics because." WWE just recently said that blood and guts set the business back 30 years, and we talked about this. However, you do something like this, you live in a glass house, you should be throwing rocks. It was stupid. It was dumb. It looked dumb. What's the point of it? What does it gain? It's not going to make nobody want to watch Batista's TV show. It was just a dumb idea. It came off as horse shit. There was no need to doing it. It was a complete waste of time. And it made him look bad. It did. Like, we're bringing in this hokey cartoon foolishness. They're going to bring out the Yeti next? Yeah. That's like, where point. do you go with it? it? It was it was foolish. They know better than that. There was no need of it. Are you going to watch... benefits shit. Are you going to watch... I, I love your candidness. It's amazing. Um, are you going to watch uh, The Army of the Dead or whatever the hell it's called? Are you going to watch it when it comes on to Netflix? I would watch that anyway. I like Batista. I would have watched right. it. It's just, it was so dumb. Who gained anything from that? Well, Not a goddamn person. Was it Was it the Miz that actually got eaten in the ring? Um, yeah, I don't know. And now somehow Damian Priest won the match. This feud needs to end as well. This has been going on a little too long, but we do appreciate your comments here. Let me throw it over to Anton. Uh... I, I get it. It's entertainment. You and I have had this conversation numerous times. Of course. Everyone understands it's it's for fun. It's for entertainment. We're, we're trying to cross-promote movies. In your opinion, was this the best way that you could have brought the two worlds together? Probably not. And again, so I say this based on like two incidents specifically. A, the Jericho comment of, you know, they dropped the wrestling back business 30 years last week. And we were talking about how that would be roughly the new generation era with the super over-the-top cartoony fucking characters. No, ECW fan. Like, yes, yes, WCW 2000, but more so the new generation era and WWE ECW with the zombie. That shit does not fucking work. Like, I get it. Cross-pollinate your movie, promote your former talent, etc. That's all good and cool and fucking fine. But if you were going to see this movie, you were going to see this movie because it was announced in 2007. Warner Brothers had it in developmental hell for forever until Netflix bought the rights. If you wanted to see it, you were going to fucking see it. And on top of that, Miz tore his ACL in this fucking match, so he's out for nine fucking months now. So, <laughs> really fucking worth it, guys? Really fucking worth it. But again, WWE's comment, we make movies. They're a fucking movie company. They are not a wrestling company. They haven't been a wrestling company since 1990. Yeah, let's just say nine. You know, seven. When it's, I was going to say seven, but realistically, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, one, the Austin change, etc. Sure. That's when I started noticing it heavily. But yes, Liam is right. 96, 97. Yes. So 
It, Do I have this right? Did did Miz actually sustain an injury for yes. once? Yes, yes, that is yes. it is legitimate. Wow. It is legit. Okay. Wow. Yes. And I really so I love the Mortal Kombat movie, the most recent one, and how they set up to do a sequel for that. And the fact that Miz wants to play Johnny Cage, I'm really kind of all super for that idea. Like yes. I, I don't I don't hate on this whatsoever because he's a dude who grew up on Mortal Kombat and pro wrestling. And I just I don't know. I I'm okay with that. That has some legs, to be honest to me. But this could fuck that up. Glacier in the Hall of Fame. No. 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 Uh, sure, why let's, not? Let's throw it no. over to... It seems like Mike's got a lot to say. Let's throw it over to Mike Cook. Mike, uh, zombies, the Miz gets hurt, the, the the angle with Damian Priest has last way too long. Awful. What's your take on this? I, I mean, if you were wanting to see the movie, is there any chance as a fan, you now may say, uh, okay, I'm I'm really not interested now. I'm, I'm kind of nauseated. All right, this is where we go with Mike Units pretty much... The big unit points. All right, here we go. Oh, boy. No, look for a shell shock comment, but continue. Here we go. So let's start it out with the obvious. This feud sucked. Okay, once again, WWE has failed bringing on someone from NXT to the main roster. Yeah, he had a WrestleMania uh, moment, but look who he had to share with, Bad Bunny. No offense to Bad Bunny, he earned his own. But if you watch that match, you barely seen, you know, Priest in the match doing his own thing. You know, I think probably his entrance was more glorious than the actual, you know, work rate that he was doing in the match. So this feud had needed to be done and over with from the start because it was too choppy in the first place. Because Miz was already pulled in the storyline being world champion. And then you pulled him right back with, you know, Damian Priest again. If, if they need to book Damian Priest strong coming in from NXT, they did a horrible job. They did. There's no way he can come back from it. Especially since WWE kept talking about, we need a strong Latino heavyweight. Because we haven't had one since Alberto Del Rio. And before that, if we really want to consider him a heavyweight, Rey Mysterio. Other than that, every Hispanic that's on the roster is either on NXT or jobbing on 205 Live. Point number two, Miz gets injured by a botch from Damian Priest. Okay, you are six foot seven. You should not be on the top rope doing a spinning heel kick. It works for someone like Lance Storm, who's six foot two thirty-five. Sean Walton. So because of that, <laughs> and I've seen him mess it up on Ring of Honor at times with other wrestlers. It's more meant for a bigger wrestler. It's not meant for a guy two hundred and twenty-five pounds. So yes, Miz got his MCL torn, and because of that, he's out. And this is probably the first major injury Miz has ever had other than the concussion he had at Mania with Cena, which that was sick as well, too. So, once again... Once again... Hold on, hold on, Mike. Freeze, 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 freeze. We're going to throw it over to Anton. I hate to be doing that because you're making a really good point and you're racking up huge points. What do we got? This also ties to him. He goes, Mike unit pulls out his unit for these unit points. No I don't way. know how you feel about that, but continue, Mike. You're racking up the points here. Just try to keep that out of your mind. My teeth are pretty. Keep your mind. out. Oh. Um, oh. So, wow. Why does pair of teeth have ever come across? That's what uh, Moondog would say. 
Okay. Anywho, <laughs> with that situation happening, you know, we got a wrestler potentially out. Third, zombies. Zombies. I felt like WWE likes to suck toes because they put their own foot in their mouth because of the statement they said, well, you know, AEW, you know, that blood and guts match, it went 30 years behind. So 30 years behind new generation. I'm sorry. Even the new generation era wouldn't do some shit like this. You know, zombies. Okay. So storyline, we just pretty much wrote off Miz. We wrote off Morrison because Morrison got ate by the zombies. The worst part about it, you know who you know which zombie complained about it to his dad, Bronson who? Bronson Recksteiner, the son of Rob Recksteiner. Yep, of uh, Rick. Wait a Rick minute, Steiner. wait a minute. Time out. Who got eaten out in the ring after the match was over? You're gonna have to tell me. You. So all the zombies ate Miz, but so did Morrison. Morrison got pulled into the barricade and got eaten as well, too. Uh, okay, so I, I was going to say the Miz got eaten. And so did Morrison. Morrison got eaten, too. Okay, so they got yeah. eaten. Because okay. one of the one of the zombies who did it was Rick Steiner's son. And right. even he complained about it to his dad about it. Like, right. You know, I get it being an extra and all, but he basically he, said it. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> We didn't sign up for this either. However, breaking nope. news. Those toes, though, Mike, don't hate on the toes. And I wish those zombies ate me out like they did Miz and Morrison. What? Also, Moondog is getting super kicked. I love you, Moondog. <laughs> Not right now. So, which, oh, brings boy. Me, which brings me to the final unit point. Jesus, I gotta go to bed soon, Mike. It's it's not my fault. You can't keep up with a guy like me. But here's the thing, though. Here's something that none of you guys didn't point out, though. Batista. Batista has been like the main, you know, legend giving so much feedback and shit on WWE storylines. Yet he comes up with this idea of the whole zombie promoting. The, it wasn't you know, his idea, though. You know, it wasn't his idea. Know, his idea was well, he was not. It's my thing. It's his movie that he's in. You might as well say it's his idea. It's the. It's the dire- it. Hold on. It's the director in the studios, and Batista actually uh, made a comment. Let's see here. Bu- 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 WWE did not put the zombies in context by showing a tweet from Batista by saying he couldn't make it, but some of his friends will to the pay-per-view. Exactly. Um, And I'm pretty sure sure he got embarrassed enough to where, you know, Paul and Vince gave him a little payoff, just not be embarrassed at a scene like that. Because if Batista were to have shown up, you bet your sweet ass a lot of these fans are going to give him shit about it because he's playing the star in the movie. Well, it's it's interesting. Let's start with the Logan Slater. Logan, you you you've sat through this. Um, you probably uh, aged three or four years. Um, but I have. <laughs> what is your? I love you, Mike. I'm just giving you shit. What is your take on the zombie situation? And we understand you're trying to cross promote. Was this the best way to do it? Well, the zombie situation just set us back thirty years. 
<laughs> again. We've been set back 60 years in the um, last two weeks. And there was no need for it. It was cheesy as hell. It, it was cheesy as hell. And I think they overdid it. You didn't need zombies. You could have just said, hey, check out Army of the Dead on da 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 2021. That would have been fine. Yes. Why did you need zombies eating people? Uh-huh. Not really quite sure here. It looks like he's uh, he's got some Canadian dial-up going here. Yeah. Oh, he's back. He's back. Oh, uh, shit. You just ended your last statement with, we didn't need to have people getting eaten out. Take it from there. Oh, we didn't need to have people getting eaten out in the middle of the break. By wow. Zombies. Wow. Mm. It was, Why do I have a feeling Moondog is, actually is off of camera right now? Just tilt your cameras. Moondog in that Moon, room. Moondog okay. had a comment. Moondog had a comment. She's he said, Mike, unit likes him quiet. Hold on. Oh, hold on. <laughs> hold it. Breaking news. Anton's here. What, what was just said? He said, uh, Mr. Moondog Murray, Shell Shock Network, said Mike Unit likes him quiet. Also, I have Batista's reply. He, Some fan tweeted at him saying, Dave, I love your movies, but the zombie shit on WWE Backlash show was insulting. His reply was, what the fuck? You're telling me you think I booked a bunch of fucking zombies? I'm on a damn plane. You Shouldn't shouldn't you be tweeting Vince? Ooh, yeah. good call on that one. Good call Sorry. on that one. I, I still think he has some. Like I said, they're promoting the movie. He's the star of it. I'm pretty sure he's gotten some payoff off of it to where they said, hey, deny everything. Come on now. That's still Triple H's buddy. Triple yeah. H is going to look out for him financially. His buddy, yes, My- but that dude takes more shots at the fucking company than anyone. And also, Point Blank said, I'm not stepping back in a ring. After he got booed out at fucking Mania and tripped and etc., he was like, I was already done, but this further endorses the fact I'm done. From the whole comeback at Rumble, Punk Run, etc., like his whole second foray back into wrestling as a legend, which is fucking laughable to begin with. From all of that, he didn't have fun. He doesn't want to come back to do it. He's used letting them promote this so he gets a little more of a payday so people hopefully go see this fucking movie. That's it. He may have gotten some form of kickback, but that's really between the studio and WWE, not not him. Like, probably, yes, but... Let's man. let's go ahead. I totally get where you're going. Let's go ahead. We, we got to throw this over here to Liam. Uh, Liam, your take, the zombie, I know you said you were stroking your beard. I am like he's about to fall asleep. Okay. All right. So here's, here's the deal. All right. Dollar General Fabio, I want you to go ahead and tell us (laughs) your take right now. Okay. Um, first of all, Miz getting injured after that long of a career and he hasn't been so far. I mean, holy shit. Uh, kudos to him. That's the fact that it took that long. Holy shit. Um, the guy's a warrior. I don't care what anybody says. Um, number two, zombies? What the fuck's that all about? I get it. I get they're trying to do a, I guess, a zombie tie into a movie because of Batista, but holy shit. Enough of this. I don't want to see this anymore. A lot of people think I'm an eight, or, uh, I guess a WWE apologist, and I just shit on AEW. Not the, not true at all. I shit on whatever I think needs to be shit on. WWE is the one right now. The fact that they have to feel they need to tie in all this stuff every time 
to a current project that's happening really pisses me off. Just do your fucking show. I know it's not the fucking 80s or the 90s anymore, but just do your fucking show. Keep your angles going the way they are. Don't feel like you have to tie into a fucking movie that's going on. It's really pissing me off, and it's stupid. This is why I didn't watch it, because I heard shit like this, and I thought, you know what? That's the last thing I want to fucking watch. I don't want it. And the last thing is, uh, as far as the 30 years setback, I mean, okay, with AEW, they were saying that about blood and guts, am I right? Yes. Okay. They they tried. It wasn't wasn't exactly what I would want, but 30 years, that's bullshit. If you, if anybody honestly... No, if anybody honestly thinks they got set back 30 years from that, they're fucked up. Uh, they tried something at least. WWE is just coming kind of par for the course right now, and I don't like it. Uh, look at me. I'm, I'm the, the only thing I actually was interested in at one point was NXT. And, I mean... If any of you watch that right now, you would know that it's just a shell of its former self. Very and I have I have no desire to watch it right now. I just I'll watch maybe two minutes of it. The the last thing I actually watched on NXT was Saray against Zoe Stark, and that was great. That was actually really good. But other than that, I mean, you know, I I don't know what I'm supposed to watch anymore. I just have to watch old stuff because I can't get into any of this. So as far as the whole setting back 30 years thing with AEW to WWE and back and forth, it's it's not valid. It doesn't even matter anymore. They're both doing things that aren't warranted. They're both doing things that are good. It doesn't matter anymore. It's not important. I I don't know. I don't even know what to say anymore. It's just... I've gotten to a point where I don't even know what I'm supposed to watch anymore because I don't find anything just actual quality where I can just sit and watch it and just say, oh, that was good. There's always somebody bitching at each other on Twitter or bitching about the product or the product doesn't look good to any of the long-term fans and I'm fucking sick of it. All right. Yep. Sorry. You have, you have you, No, no, you're entitled to your opinion and I... Appreciate I'm, I'm that. sure I'll lose, but you know, whatever. It's hey, okay. hey, <laughs> hey, hey. That's not how winners talk. You Amen. never know. Things can change. By the way, really quickly, I do want to make a uh, an announcement here. I don't know if anybody has seen this on social media. I think you have, and I do appreciate everybody who has retweeted it. But coming up uh, this Saturday, I'm going to be doing a podcast seminar. Um, yep. Obviously, I am not uh, Conrad. Uh, I, I'm not doing, um, what is it called? Uh Starcast. I, I don't have that abilities yet. However, I am doing a live free uh, podcasting seminar that people are going to be able to come right to this channel Saturday, 1 p.m. I have several people who are going to be working with me on this. It's going to be great. We're going to be talking about all different types of podcasting techniques. Um, I'm actually going to go and let you know all the details about who's going to be on it and uh, who's going to be speaking on what topics. But I think it's going to be really good. I would love for everybody to at least share it and let people know. We're going to be talking about how to book guests. We're going to be talking about revenue. 
We're going to be talking about how to format a podcast, finding different ways to uh, market your podcast to an audience. Um, it is going to be myself and several different people within the wrestling industry. And for the life of me right now, my brain is, is almost mush, but I will have all the details to give you before the end of the show. And uh, we will have that. Here we go. Got it right here. All right. Uh, it is uh, going to be Trent Zaberry. Uh, as you know, he's from AAW as well. He's going to be there as well. Chad from the two-man power trip and eyes up here with Francine. He's going to be there as well. Um, you have Dominic D'Angelo, who's a writer. He's going to be there as well. Um, you have Zach Hagdorn. He's going to be with us as well. Uh, Shining Wizards podcast is going to be joining us as well. Um, so that and so many other people. So I'm letting you know right now, we are going to be having a live free on this stream Saturday at 1 p.m. Please join us. Jump in the chats. We want to have your questions as well. So if you want to start a podcast, I want to help you find the ways and the tools and the assets so you can go ahead and successfully launch a show. Um, I've been doing it for a while. I have some ideas, but I have also brought in several people who I honestly believe know what they're doing and are going to be able to give you some great advice. So stay tuned. More information before the end of the program. But that's not the big major major announcement. There's still something else to come. So, um, and uh, yeah, so that's what I had to say here. So let's go ahead and let's take a look at the scores here before we go into our next round. Who did what? Who saved themselves? Who didn't help themselves? And where did we go from here? Putting the tabulations up here. And scores are going to be shown in three, two, one. Mike Unit 43, Anton 50, Logan 30, Savage 30, and the butt 35. So Logster. Not getting juicy. Logster. Let me uh let me throw it to you, my friend. You have the floor. Before we come back at the end, what would you like to say? I have nothing to say. Okay, that's great because I really was going to let you say anything because you lost. <laughs> Losers don't get to talk. Winners go home and F the prom queen. If you know what movie that's from, the first person to tell me that on the panel, you get an extra five points. Oh, uh, oh, fuck. Yeah, that, fuck. that is absolutely not yeah. the correct answer to the movie. The movie's not called Fuck. Um, but you know what? Oh, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. Bring it on? Yeah. Why, why is a 50-year-old man living in his garage watching Bring It On? I can't yeah. even... I'm not watching it, dipshit. I'm saying that's probably the movie I thought it was. Yeah, and you would be wrong. So the I tell rock. you what. Okay, with, well, fuck with it. that being said, At least Anton, I tried. Wins, Anton gets the five extra points as if he really needs it. Guys, don't oh, go anywhere. Oh, fuck me. You, well, <sighs> well, hey, talk to Shell Shock Nation. He can help you out on that. And don't go anywhere. Will. Get yourself God something to drink or eat. Smoke a cigarette. And we will be right back. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. shirt too sexy for my shirt so sexy it hurts and I'm too sexy for Milan too sexy for Milan New York and Japan Take it. 
sexy for your party. Too sexy for your party, no way. I am disco dancing. I'm a model, you know what I mean. And I do my little turn on the catwalk. Yeah, on the catwalk. On the catwalk, yeah. I do my little turn on the catwalk. Ah, too sexy for my car. Too sexy for my car. Too sexy by for my hat, too sexy for my hat, what do you think about that, Hogan? I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk, yeah on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my little Welcome back to Front Row Material Live. It is Tuesday night. I hope everyone is enjoying the show. Uh, joining us right now in the next round is going to be the butt, Anton, Mike Cook, and Liam. Unfortunately, so far, we've had to say goodbye to the Rit, and we've had to say goodbye to Logan Slater. But these guys are battling it out. They are ready to go for the next round. Before we start the next round, does anybody have any comments, concerns, anything? And anybody want to share anything? In the chat group. Oh, dun da dun da dun, dun, dun breaking so, news. A couple of go. them a couple of them are saying that there should have been a showdown between the between Mr. Uh, fucking Logan and everyone else who had the lowest amount of points. Also, Mr. Shellshock Network says you think a Bigfoot has a big dick or a red rocket. <laughs> red rocket for sure. You know what? Because of that, we're bringing him back. You know what? Liam Savage Let during, 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 like during the commercial break. A real around the horn standoff. And that's okay. okay. Well, so, who, so who who are the two people now? It's going to be between Logan and who? Who was the other man with thirty points? Uh, Savage, real. Of course, of course, you would make me fucking remember this stuff. Uh, okay, Logan yeah. and uh, Savage. Okay, here we go. It's going to be between these two guys right now. You ready? No one else comment. Uh, there's there is me. There's Butt. There's Anton, and there's Mike Cook. We can either be the votes or. We can allow the chat to vote to see who won this debate. Should we leave it up to the people, or yeah. should it be us? I, I feel like oh, it should okay. be American Idol. Yeah, let's give it. Let's to go the with the judges crowd. on the panel. All right, here's Whatever. okay. Judges on the panel. Here is your topic. Right. Remember now. who loves you. Okay, go ahead. Mike Cook. Uh, let's <laughs> let's do this right now. 
Kenny Omega is currently the best uh, wrestler in the world. Yes or no, and you have to be good about backing up your answer. First That's person bullshit. that gets to speak. Wow, I don't even believe I said it was your turn. Uh, the first person who gets to speak is going to be Logan Slater himself. So, Logan, tell me, Kenny Omega, the best wrestler in the world, sell me on it right now. Uh, look at his accolades. Oh, IWGP heavyweight champion, champion, super junior or junior heavyweight champion. Plus, he's currently holding the Impact title, the AAA championship, the AEW world title. What is there? What else Uh, is there to say? Mike Unit is not impressed. Uh, all right, all right. So so far, Logan got to say his piece. I respect that. Logan, any final words I mean, before we bring Liam in? I mean, the man. I have never heard any bad match come out of the Omega camp or anybody who has worked with him. I like there, it. There is. He's a phenomenal wrestler. He is phenomenal. He is phenomenal. I agree with you. I, I, I tell you what, that was a tremendous argument. Let's go ahead and let's throw it to the garage man himself. All right. The floor is yours. You have one wow. minute. You have to tell me why Kenny Omega is the greatest wrestler, or you have to say why he is not, but you have to be convincing. Your time starts right now. He is not. So uh, <laughs> this is bullshit. First off, I don't give a fuck what you say, Freeland. This is he's, fucking bullshit. He starts especially his concerning what I did for you earlier this afternoon, and I helped well, you out. But it's anyways, what you, it's what you do for me lately, okay? So yeah, well, I'll drink. tell you what I'm gonna do right now. I'm gonna tell you that this guy, he's all right. He's not the greatest. That's Bret Hart. Okay, he's no, not we're saying Bret Hart. right now. We're saying right now. I don't give a fuck what you're saying. You're he's, not even adhering Bret to the Hart, rules of the question. Bret Hart is the best of all time. How do you figure Kenny Omega is going to stack up to him? I don't know. The point is, Kenny Omega has had great dance partners. Okada, right? Uh, Some other guy somewhere. Wow, Uh, some other guy. Abushi. Abushi, I guess. Um, I guess. Ishii. Ishii was much better than him. Uh, let's look at the fact that, that everybody true. else is riding on, you know, is, is just running the match. You know, uh, if we look at Ishii, uh, he could run a match no problem. He can he can lead the match, and that's what he did with Omega. Let's look at Obushi. Well, you know, they're part tag partners, I guess, but you know, who really cares? They're also lovers too. Hold it, hold the, it, hold the, it, Mike. You that's cannot, got nothing you to do with me. Help. You cannot help yep. the answers. That's got nothing to do with me, but Ibushi is technically the better wrestler. If we look at Okada, who is his greatest opponent, what many of you would think, uh, I don't feel like Omega was on the same level as Okada, who is a better pure wrestler than most people in the game today. I think Mike World Order would agree with me. Send Nicholas Cage Jr. home. Fuck you, Boog. So hold on I don't a give a hold fuck. On. Hold, hold on. I want to get this straight. A- Anton, in the okay. control room. Who exactly is Nick Cage Jr.? Is that uh, a garage That's boy? That's me, apparently. I'm, I'm going to assume. I boo. Just hit me up. Is, is that what you're calling Liam today? I was just about to say. So. You know what? My like brother Nick stepped Cage. out the other day, too. So yes. I'm yes. getting so yes. All right. Yeah. So uh, full screen for you. You, you get 30 more what? seconds to make your point. Make your point. 
I don't fucking know. His timing is off. He needs people to lead him through a match. He looks like he's lost when he doesn't have someone to lead him through a match. I think you, if you really paid attention, you could see this every time he has a match, even though it seems like he isn't having a lot of matches lately because even though he's the world champion, he hasn't been on weeks in a row. He seems like he's just, you know, having a certain dance partner to lead him through, and that's it. You know what? This is bullshit. Please because tell me. I, I am right now, dipshit. The fact <laughs> that the, the fact that you're actually making it. So this is the tiebreaker because you know I'm not gonna cave. That's not me. I'm sorry, Logan. If you like him, you like him. But you no, know no, what? No, no, I'm no, not no, gonna. No, Don't bring Logan into this. Hold on. I said you can either argue for or against whether or not you think he's the, the best right now in the game. Uh, uh, we, we have breaking news. Well, so uh, Moondog Murray said, holy shit, to unit slow, slowing off his belt swag. But I actually had wanted to agree with you, Mr. You, we Liam actually Watson. have a non-sexual reference here? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah I'm just kind of a shock. That's why Let's I felt it. Live to Mike did. Unit. Mike, how do you yeah. feel about that? Look at that intercontinental title. Dude, Lovely. That looks but, sweet, I missed dude. that strap. So on the note of having to have someone lead him through... Which, so Kenny is a much better worker than Cena when Cena was being pushed to the moon. But during that whole little diatribe by Mr. Savage just then, that's instantly what popped into my head was Cena having to have someone lead his ass through every fucking good match he had for years. Years. True. This is true. All right. So here's what we're going to do um, we're going to bring Liam Savage back in. Oh, uh, yeah. Keep talking because we can't hear you. Um, we're going to bring Liam Savage in here, but now what we're going to do is we're going to go to the American Idol judging. We're first going to throw it okay. over to Which one's the, Simon? Stiff, the stiff prick himself. Real and Simon because he's the asshole. I am not an asshole. <laughs> that is terrible. I figured you're going to make right. the butt Simon. Why is that, Amaya? Well, because you're telling everyone don't be a stiff prick. So we're going to throw it to the butt first, but... First of all, who do you think made the most compelling argument, and who are you giving the thumbs up to? Logan. Oh, Logan. fuck you. Thumbs up for me. Fuck Logan off. Slater gets the first one. Thumbs up to Logan Slater. Yeah. Let's go ahead and let's throw it over to Anton. Anton, um, as if we even have to ask this question, it's a formality. Don't fuck However, me. Don't fuck me here. I am going to give it to Mr. fucking Liam, but I, I love Thank hearing you. both points. Mr. Logan gets a bar. So just for shits and giggles, he gets wow. a bar. I get a wow! Wow! Holy fucking, cow! Yeah, he's gonna get a he's gonna get a bar just because I love the shit out of him. But I'm gonna give Liam the thumbs up just because. Thank you, Mr. Fucking oh Logan God. gave the Freeland point. Liam gives his own point. Liam sticks to his old school fucking cornet. You know, just old school points. No, all the no, time. I'm just sticking no, to myself. That in a bad way. I really don't myself. mean that in a bad way. You just are. You have that mentality. You were willing to die on the fucking hill that you stand on. Yeah, he was. All right, ben. let's let, let's go ahead and let's throw it over to Mike Unit. Mike, what's your take on this whole thing? Uh, you know probably more about Kenny Omega in Japan than anybody else, so uh, he might not be your best. He might not be your favorite, but why do you think some people may think he's the best, and who do you think brought the best argument? Uh, first off, I do like Kenny Omega. I'm just not enamored with of him. Uh, I like. Kenny Omega more when he was doing his work in like DDT and people kind of forget he's an all Japan world junior heavyweight champion, which is at Excellent one point, point more prestigious than the IWGP junior heavyweight. Excellent he's one of the few point. wrestlers to have done that. Um, and it's funny because let's be honest, 
one of the main deciding reasons of him leaving New Japan wasn't just All Elite. Him and Ibushi broke up because they were actual a couple for real. Kenny Omega's mm-hmm. bisexual. So is Ibushi. But, <laughs> who won the argument, yeah, Mike? Who won the fucking argument? I was going to say, this feels like this is going... I'm about to get to the point. And it's I, simple. Logan, about to roll another joint. Nothing else. Yeah. I'm hold gonna, on. I'm gonna hold, have on. To... hold on. Breaking news. Breaking news. Anton's got something. Freeland is what he eats, and that is butthole. Wait a minute. Time out. Repeat that again. My audio cut out. <laughs> Freeland is what he eats, and that is butthole. I also heard that the junior title run of Omegas was tits. Let unit talk. Let him talk. This Boom. is all. This You've is got awesome. it. I eat asshole. Your tits continue. I'm gonna have to go with Liam, and it's not because we're home. You're going with Liam Savage. You are going to Liam Savage. Yeah. I'm going with All Liam. right. All Only right. It's... Because he made some points. Okay. So right now, Liam Savage has how many votes? He has Anton's and Mike's. And Mike's. I got, a, I got a one and a half. You got a one and a half. Yeah. All right. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> uh, it's my turn to vote. Fuck yeah. And uh, you know what? I tell you. Oh, what. I wonder. I wonder. I, I tell you what. All I can do is. Come on, my good friend. I talked to you for two hours on the phone last night. Don't do What's me like that. Say? Come on. I'm glad you tucked him in. Let him vote. I tell you what. I, I, you know, I have the power to do something. And um, you do. I got the power. Wow. I got the power. I don't even know why you're doing that. It's a song. Yeah, I realized it's a song, but I mean... Okay, very good. You sound like a handicapped Sherpa. Uh, so, here, at the end handicapped of the day... Sherpa? At the end of the day, if we're doing it in American Idol... Golden Buzzard on Logan! Logan? Wow. You're staying, buddy. I'm going to back Vegas. for the final discussion. He, 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 are you almost surprised, Logan? A little bit. Are you like super jazzed? I mean, tell tell me how you're feeling right now, buddy. I'm I'm voting for you, man. All I did was list accolades, and I did forget the All Japan run as well. It sounds like you don't want to have gotten the golden buzzer. Do you not want the golden buzzer? He does. I'm maintaining my excitement. All right, he's maintaining it, Liam. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, Liam. You're you're not going to make it to the next round. Where's the final thought, though? Yeah. All right. Fine. 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 Thank you. Final thoughts. From Liam, before we move on, what a say forehead. goodbye to everybody. Great, that was wonderful. Thank you so much, <laughs> Really appreciate that. That was a great sigh. Oh, all right, guys, we're going to be moving on to our next topic here. So Tony Khan says wrestling is hotter than it's ever been. So Tony Khan has made uh, multiple comments, and this is in an article written by Eric Mutter, uh, which is once again from Wrestling Inc. And he's talking about how exciting it is that fans are going to be coming back. So uh, I'm trying to find the exact quote here. He had wrestling is hotter than ever. Khan said this past week to have three different wrestling shows ranked number one on their night and to have AEW a part of it is huge. And it's a great time for wrestling. I feel that we are all there. We are all part of the peak in this area of fandom. And now it's, and now it's a splintered audience. Things are very fragmented. It's hard to get many people to watch something as it used to be. But I believe, as I've said before, 
And he goes on to talk about how he's proud of AEW and he feels that if the fans will come back, which he believes they will, that we are going to see the next big boom in wrestling. All right, so let's go around the horn here. Let's first start off uh, with Mike Unit. Mike, what is your take on this? Do you believe Tony Khan is correct in his statement or do you feel like he's a little too uh, optimistic about this? He is correct and then some. Um, before the pandemic hit, even I said it in 2020 that right now was going to be the best time to be a wrestling fan because everybody's growing. You know, there's different alternatives other than WWE because we're tired of it. And then COVID happened. So it kind of ruined that for everyone. But 2021, we're pretty much picking up on lost time and catching up. So when Tony Khan mentioned that, how can you not disagree on that statement? Look at the current state of pro wrestling as it's growing. We're coming back and we're not just coming back. We're kicking the fucking door down compared to everyone else. And by everyone else, WWE. I like it. They need to get their shit together. Very good. Short, sweet, and to the point. I like it. Let's go on over to uh, the man who just who just defeated uh, Liam, and uh, he's he's able to go ahead and jump back in here. What's your take on Tony Khan's comments? Do you feel like he's accurate in this, or do you think, whoa, let's pump the brakes here? He's actually quite accurate. Um, when the pandemic hit, it changed a lot, and they didn't let the pandemic stop them. They kept doing what they were doing, and hell, we got a pretty much a devil's prong of partnerships here between New Japan, Impact, and AEW. Now, when the crowds come back, it's going to be explosive. And we're we're going to get that second big boom like we did in the Attitude Era. I, I can't wait for the crowds to come back and just we can feel the energy that has been pent up for so long. I agree. Pent up energy, man. Uh, I don't think anyone could have said it any better unless it would have came from Shellshock Nation. Uh, let's go <laughs> ahead and let's throw it on over to Anton. Uh, this is going to be the best wrestling has ever been. This is according to Tony Khan. What's your take on this? And I'd love to hear your thoughts. So this is going to be real fun. One, AEW actually has me back to being a fan of wrestling where I truly want to sit and watch the full storyline play out. They do part of what I think is going to happen and they fucking do the swerve and get me sometimes, which is great. Like I'm genuinely back to being a fan of a wrestling product. However, they are very niche. Bischoff said it that they're like super indie in so many ways, which I really can't dispute. It, uh, you know, just kind of is what it is. I have an entire, my mom, my cousins, there are shit tons of family members I have who are lapsed wrestling fans just because it's not the same anymore. And even though there are elements that they still like, they've yet to come full circle and get back in. There is a whole segment of the wrestling audience that watched it when it was popular. When it's pop culture, it was the it thing to do, etc. Just like when people don't want to get on a musician's wave until they're fucking popping. That 
it, it's very much that situation. I think AEW has the opportunity to create some expansion, but uh, Mr. Travis said it in the comments. There are more wrestling promotions than there have ever been, but there are less people watching wrestling. There are also people looking for wrestling in different segments of the fucking audience, like watching Game Changer or watching MLW, the stuff that's on the Fight Network as well. And hold on, apparently Mr. Savage has a point he wants me to make. He says, I say exactly what I think without kissing ass. You tell them that in the show. So if I don't give an opinion, <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, he, he's just going off as well. He says, mm-hmm. uh, so if I give an opinion piece, if it doesn't mess with Freeland, I'm fucked. I say exactly what I think without kissing ass. You tell them that in the show. So that's a. Uh, Hold that's on one it. second, Anton. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, uh, Liam, I'm going to back to you really quick here, buddy. Listen, listen. Until yep. we get to the to the Nick Gage uh, Dark Side of the Ring thing, I, I know what you can do to keep yourself busy. What? Go ahead I'm and you off? Is that it? Go, go ahead and recycle them boxes behind you. Okay, my God, what? what are you setting up for a uh, AEW drop spot here or something like that? You got all those, all those, all those cardboard boxes. Okay, that didn't go over so well. Whole my lot of boxes over there. It's. I, I think we're getting to a point where wrestling is going to be really good, you know, but there are always going to be people who don't like everything. It is what it is. You know, there, you know, people are going to shit on what they shit on. There are AEW apologists, they're WWE apologists. It just, it is what it fucking is. But, you know, this is the hottest independent wrestling has been short of the pandemic in two decades. You know, there are actually places for people to work and make a living besides a big company. That's beautiful. That's, that's beautiful. All right. I like it. Uh, but did you get a chance to jump in here? Nope, not yet. Jump in here, buddy. What's your thoughts on AEW? Uh, Tony Khan saying this is the best time to be a wrestling fan. It's the the best is here to come. What do you think about that? Too optimistic, or do you think he's spot on? Somewhere in the middle. I mean, there there's lots to watch because there's something going on every night between your WWE, your AEW, your NXT, which is fantastic. I just don't think it's at the the hype that we had in the Attitude Era type. I don't think it's quite there yet. It's getting there. It's it's definitely warmed up for sure, and it very well could surpass that. I just don't think it's there quite yet. Respectable. I like that. I like your take on that. All right, unfortunately, we got to say goodbye to somebody. It's, it's We're getting uh, nut-cutting time, as they call it. So final scores for this round are going to be coming up. Please cross your fingers uh, and your toes. And uh, if you're Shell Shock Nation, everything else. Uh, here we go. Water tie? Uh, Time to get another tie. Well, that's I tell you what, that that's, that's what happens. That's what happens. So, Logan... Yeah. And uh, and the butt, you guys are going to have to have another duel off to find out who's going to move on to with Anton and Mike Unit. Are you guys ready for this? Sure. All I right. can't be any more ready. All right, here's the deal. <laughs> I want you to make an argument on who you believe is the greatest wrestler of all time. It can be anybody you choose, but you have to back it up, not only with good reasoning, but facts as well. So with that being said, uh, I'm going to throw it to butt. You get to go first. Oh. But who you got? Who's the best ever? And what's your thoughts? Best ever. Let's go somewhere like Ric Flair. He's got the championships. He's got the swagger. He's been around forever. You know, he's done so much great for the sport. He's done some questionable things as well, such as hanging out a little bit too long. You know, got his daughter into it, who's turned into a superstar. 
I would go with Flair. Just he did things that wasn't being done before him, and that's 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 why he's my guy. All right, so that is your guy. Ric Flair is your guy. Let's go ahead and throw it on over here. You seem to love to get yourself into uh, these conundrums here. I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of what's going to happen here. So he says Ric Flair, greatest of all time. He has expressed his reasons for championships, longevity. He's got his daughter into it. A lot of great reasons. Who's your best and what's your reasons? Sting. Um, I just how he came in alongside the ultimate warrior, Jim Helwig. He was so green at that time. But over the years, he developed himself as a singles competitor, had that time limit draw with Ric Flair. And got over just on a time limit with Rick for personal favorite. Great American Bash 1990 when he won the World Heavyweight Championship. And he won six more or five more after that one. And then he rejuvenated his career in TNA, won four title four world titles in TNA. And he's still going to Seems like we have some uh, some Canadian dial-up issues here. Are you still with I, us? I am. What was the last thing I said? I'm not really quite sure. The last um, thing you said was, bah, bah, bah. No, yeah. <laughs> you wow. were wow. TNA and won four more world titles. Exactly. Won four more world titles in TNA, rejuvenated his career, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And Anything else you would like to, to say? He... And look what he's doing now in AEW, getting Darby Allen over. Mm-hmm. And it's not about him anymore. He's focused on getting Darby Allen to that that stage of his career where he is up at that level to be in world championship contention. Are, so are you the next for- Jeff Dunham here? Look at this. He has said all of that. Not only has he not moved his lips, he hasn't said anything. Holy shit. He's frozen. He's that's frozen. actually impressive. That is impressive. Is. Uh, and that's going to go into the scoring as well. Let's oh, go ahead. Let's throw it to the rest of the panel. He's still frozen. Let's throw, <laughs> let's throw it to the rest of the panel. So it's it. There's three of us. It's it's going to be Mike. Mike, who do you take as the winner of the tiebreaker? Just one name. Logan. You think Logan Slater gets it? Anton, who do you think gets it? I love Logan's comment about Sting getting over people now, mm-hmm. and his work definitely did approve, but I'm definitely going to have to give it to Mr. Butt, because while Flair did drop the belt 16 times, that motherfucker is still more over today at the age of 70 years old, and he doesn't give a fuck than fucking almost anyone in the goddamn business. So I'm, I'm going to have to give it to Mr. Butt there. Uh, I get the final vote, and I'm going to say it is going to go to the butt. We're going to throw it to uh, to Logan, who's still holding that championship pose. <laughs> Logan, what do you have to say for your final comments before we let you go? I'm. I feel like I should add voices to this picture, this frozen frame. Euphigenia doubt, Fayadia. I'm a hip old granny. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, nice teeth and the one day a frozen screen could help a score. 
I love it. I love it. We'll bring you back for the dark side conversation coming up shortly. Hopefully but we I can move. are saying good. Yeah, I hope Maybe. you can move. I tell you what. <laughs> if not, Shellshock Nation's going to find you. All right. So he's officially gone. We are down to the final three. Who's going to win? Who's not going to win? Don't go anywhere. We are going to let you go, get a drink, do whatever you need to do, and we'll be right back. Too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave me. I'm too sexy for my shirt, too sexy for my shirt, so sexy, it hurts. Too sexy for Milan. Too sexy for Milan. New York and Japan. Take it. And I'm too sexy for your party. Too sexy for your party. No way. I am disco dancing. I'm a model. You know what I mean. And I do my little turn on. Yeah, on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my little girl on the catwalk. Ah, oh, too sexy for my car, too sexy for my car. Sexy for my hat, too sexy for my hat. What do you think about that? Hold it. I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk. Yeah, on the catwalk, on the catwalk. Yeah, I do my little. All right, guys, welcome back to Front Row Material Live. I am Mike Freeland. Uh, before we get on to our next round of questions, I do want to throw out here that, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, I'm going to be holding a free uh, live podcast seminar that will be happening this Saturday. That is going to be uh, Saturday, May the 22nd at 1 p.m. I do have some guest speakers that are going to be coming on here. I got Dominic D'Angelo, who is the writer of WrestleZone. 
um, and he's with MLW, um, so he is going to be with us as well. I have the Shining Wizards podcast. Those guys are going to be joining us. I also have Chad from the Two Man Power Trip and uh, from the Triple Threat podcast, and Isa Peer with Francine. I'm also going to have Trent Zaberry, who is with AAW. He is going to be joining us as well. And finally, Joseph Feeney. He is the co-host of Keeping It 100, uh, The Raven Effect. Um, he's the producer of the Creative Control Network, Highway to Helms, The Taskmaster, uh, Eyes Up Here, et cetera, et cetera. He is going to be joining us as well. And then finally, Zach Haydorn. He's the assistant editor of the Pro Wrestling Torch. So we have ourselves one great lineup. They're all going to be talking about podcasting, how to be getting involved in podcasting, how to set up your wrestling podcast, and how to start making connections with people within the industry. I will also be in there moderating the chat, and uh, please come in. Um, we want you to come in. It's free. It's going to be the, this link that you see here. Um, it's going to be the twitch.tv forward slash FRM pod. So join us, and I will have more information uh, in the next couple of days to continue to promote the big event. All right. Shellshock, coming for Logan's bussy. All right, hold on a second. Let's get back into here. So, so Shellshock Nation, what, what's what's going on here? He's coming for Logan's ass. Coming for Logan's, is that C-O-M-I-N-G? He spelled it C-O-M-I-N-G, but it says okay. coming for Logan's bussy, B-U-S-S-Y, which is gay slang for ass pussy, so... Oh, I, I was not even I was not even familiar. I have, I have enough poly and gay friends that I've learned some shit over the years, and that's part of why I just accept Mr. Moondog for how the fuck he is. I appreciate that. And when we say poly, we don't mean Polynesian. No. no. Uh, okay. <laughs> However, Mike Cook is Samoan as well, and uh, we we definitely want to touch upon that as well, right, Mister uh, Mister Cook? Yeah. Nice. Now, and you haven't released your, you haven't taken off your shirt yet either this week. And you know what? I can appreciate that. Not yet. Um, not yet. <laughs> Let's go into our next topic here. Rey Mysterio and his father win the SmackDown Tag Titles. Uh, new Thanks, WWE man. SmackDown Tag Title Championships. Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic took to Twitter to thank everyone for supporting them after their big win at WrestleMania Backlash. Now, as noted, Rey and Dominic Mysterio made history, becoming the first ever father-son tag tag team to win the titles, defeating Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Now, Ray posted a message to fans, um, including a photo with Dominic. Uh, and he says, and I quote, we would love to thank everyone for their love and support from the event. I have been blessed with my career from day one, which is in 1989, and now to be able to live such a memorable moment like this, one creating history with my son. He had a blue heart emoji, um, and then loving you all, hashtag new tag team champs um the big question is this when it comes to father-son duos even though they may or may not have one wrestling gold who is the best father-son duo that we know in wrestling i'm gonna first throw it over to mike cook mike give me your reason on who you believe is the best father-son or i should say family duo which could uh, include brothers. That's that's a really tough one. Um, I mean, unbiased opinion. I'd probably have to go with the. Uh... Oh, fuck, damn, this is so hard. Because <laughs> uh, to say me, that too I'm loud. Tied... shell shock might jump in. Oh gosh, 
it to me it's it's a tie between you know the von Erics and the Hart family to be honest because it's, it's you never know which combination you're gonna get you know and even Stu have tagged with his sons and you know uh, Fritz von Eric has tagged with his sons I mean I know recently Ricky Morton won the tag titles with his son from her for a promotion so it's it's not the first time something like that has happened you know. Uh, it's just the first time in WWE because had they not got released in 92, I could have seen Dusty and Dustin be WWF tag champions at the time. Let me ask you this, Mike. Do you think that in any way they might have been floating this out there to Ray when his contract was expiring to maybe say, hey, hey, might want to stick around. We might be able to let you do this with your son instead of you know, just not saying anything, playing it coy, and then maybe he had gone somewhere else to end his career. Do you think Ray was going to stay regardless? I um, I think regardless, Ray probably would have. I think right now he's just doing his personal bucket list in WWE before he finally puts the, uh, the trunks up. I don't know if he'll put them up for good, but I think he's just – you know, and, and what father wouldn't want to be tag champions with his son that, you know, in a wrestling promotion if they're still actively wrestling? I agree. Good comment on there. I like that. Uh, let's go ahead and let's throw it over to the butt. You know, we know there's a whole bunch of different wrestling families. I mean, we've talked about the Von Erics, We've talked about the Hearts. You could also throw in the Funks there as well. Uh, you could follow, throw in Dusty and Dustin. Um, it, it goes on and on and on, but who do you think is the best duo family members? So we're talking just two, or are we going to do a, oh, a, 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 a duo, a duo? Who would have been the best would have been the rock and his old man. Ooh. That's what I think. I mean, the rock is arguably the greatest wrestler of all time. Whoa, hold on, hold on. Say that one more time. Who was the greatest wrestler of all time, in your opinion? I never said he was my opinion. I said, arguably, The Rock could be. I don't think he is. Okay. But you could make that argument. You could. And his old man was pretty good back in the day. Mm -hmm. So as a total package, they'd be my pick. I like it. Very good. Let's throw it over to Anton. Anton, when it comes to family duos... Whether it be father son, whether it be brothers, who do you say is the best duo out there from a family perspective? So this is way too broad of a question, in my opinion. It really is because we can. So Boog hit up Larry and Kurt hitting in the chat. Mm-hmm. We all on top of that the Guerrero family, the yes the Hart family, but Brett and Owen specifically together. Those those are pretty good. You know the Wild Samoans whole lineage. Like there there's way too much to spin off with this. To be real. Honest, in my opinion, the, the fucking Boog said the Hortons. God damn, that's a fucking good one. I agree with the Funk comment. It's, you know, the Hardys as brothers. Yes, just solid chemistry and cohesiveness. You know, the Armstrongs are a great wrestling family. They're all the hell's fucking workers. You know, the Sidells are a pretty good fucking, you know, network at this point. It's just it's too broad of a question for my liking. And, but, I mean, fuck even Chavo and fucking, you know, Chavo Classic. You know, forget about that. But uh, Boog just reminded me that by talking about the Ortons and Taker. So this is 
it's just a truly a matter of opinion question. Mm-hmm. But wrestling has spit out some of the greatest families ever. I truly love the fucking Guerrero family. They had just too much lineage that still lives up today in so many ways. And Mike World Order also brings up Stephen Colby Carino. God damn, man, those are some fucking good points. You know, I, I like the Rhodes Brothers. I do. I like the stuff that Dustin did get to do with Dusty. But that's such a stylistic difference. It's weird to me. So... Like I said, too broad of a question for my liking. All right. Uh, so, you know what? Maybe this was kind of a tough question here, but let me throw this out to, to all of you. Any other comments that you would like to throw out there now that it's just the three of you? I mean, now that we're kind of just kind of spitballing things here. What's, uh, I mean, if you had to pick two, got to pick two guys, family members, in your opinion, who's it going to be? Let's go with the Funks because the longevity. Like I like Dor- it, Dory and Terry, like Dory Jr. and Terry. Just Dory think Jr. about Terry. how long Terry's Funk's fucking career is specifically. And I don't even know if they're currently retired. Uh, I don't know if his his Dory is retired or not. I don't know about Dory Terry's like semi still. You know, fucking Terry Funk's retired twelve hundred um, times since ninety. Yeah, Dory is part of. So Dory Funk is still associated with the. Uh, Still associated with All Japan Pro Wrestling. Stan Hansen's the PWF chairman, and Dory Funk is kind of like he's kind of like what John Laurinaitis is in WWE, you know, in terms of the uh, All Japan uh, Gaijin contingent. I see because he's such a legend, right? But any uh, anything else you want to jump in there and say? No, I still stand by my choice. I. I just can't see being wrong. So you're, so you're saying The Rock and his father, correct? Yep. Okay. Man, you guys are not making this easy on me whatsoever. I have to somehow – uh, Anton's going with the Funks. Butt is going with The Rock and his father. And Mike Cook is going with which, uh, which family? Hart family. The Hart family. So you're either Brett or whomever. I'd All right. Probably- Brett and Owen. Yeah, we're going to do. You're going to pick the Hart family. That's the right Brett combination Nolan. to go with there. That's okay. for sure. All right. Well, you know what? I'm not going to be the, the man who decides this one. I'm going to throw one out to the chat. So we got people in the chat right now. We got 16 people. What I want you to do is everyone vote one time. Okay. Not like 2020, but one. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One time everyone gets nice to bad vote. Dad joke for you. Like, nice bad I, dad I, joke. I know. Everyone vote in three, two, one. You either put Butt, Heidnik, or Cook. Go. <laughs> All <laughs> you right. Lost your opportunity to vote, you son of a bitch. All right. Shellshock Nation says Cook. Travis Boham says Cook. ECW fan says Heidnik. So we got two one. Everyone keep track of your own numbers. Well, you guys are wrong. But little psychopath. Nice. Liam, what do you say? Because you're still in the backstage but, group. You're not in the... Mikey Stark says butt. So I think everyone has two so far. Okay. Not, not all at once, guys. Everybody's got two points. Logan says Anton. So, yeah, <laughs> everyone's got two. And uh, Liam, it doesn't matter what I say. So Liam's not giving oh an answer. Oh, my God. Books has hide my dick, so hold that's it, hold, it. <laughs> hold it. Hold it. Did Butt just say Butt? 
<laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. So, so who are we getting here? Am I going to have to break this? Cook. So, Boo gave me one. ECW fan gave me one. Liam just gave me one, and fucking Logan gave me one. So that's four. Okay. Butts got Butts got two, but three if he counts himself. No, I got two. How many does Cook have? Does Cook have three? I got, I got two. You got two? Oh. He's got three. Got three. No, got two. It is two. My bad. He's got, yeah, two. I got two. Travis voted like three times. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to shut it off right now. We're going to have a, uh, a duel right now. Here's what we're going to do. Here is the scenario. This is going to be good. Um, and there's only going to be one person who's going to be able to make this decision. And I'm going to have to do something really quick. So stand by here for one quick second. Um, <laughs> give me a second. Let me just get my countryman out of there. Um, oh, gosh. Let's see. Uh, Anton, I can't see the screen right now. What's Shellshock's email address? I have no clue. Shellshock, what's your email address right yeah, now? Yeah, hit it in the chat. And read it to me because I'm not looking at the screen. Murray. Waiting for Freeland to figure out what he's doing is like waiting for Hold on Anton or Mike to answer a question. Hold this on, it's gonna take it... at least fifteen minutes. No, what, who's what's fucking the... joking? Hey, fuck you, but... <laughs> Hold on, hold on. What 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 is uh what is Moondog's email address? I have no clue. Boog's got a fucking funny ass comment. He said he just DM'd it to you on Twitter. Oh, okay. Well then, are you? Shellshock said, uh, not Shellshock. Boog said it's Shellshock sixty nine sixty nine. Whatever the fuck, and you know what? I'm almost willing to bet that's accurate. <laughs> oh my god, this is, this is ridiculous. Hold on a second. He said he just DM'd it to me. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like Travis's comment. Travis had a good comment. <laughs> Here we go. So we're going to have, uh, if you can hear me, Shellshock, uh, go ahead and uh, you're going to have to accept the invitation because you're going to be our guest judge on this one. Because once I pose what the question's going to be. Uh, you are going to be the, the sole judge. So, Anton, you have a few moments off. Um, as soon as uh, he gets here, yeah. he will be the judge. <laughs> so here's what's going to do. Both of you have to pose what you would like to do. You are going to plan a fun day, a fun day with Moondog. What's it going to consist of, and how fun is this day going to be? Okay? So you're going to pick up Moondog. And you have to tell us what kind of day you're going to have. So it's going to be kind of like the dating game. So I'm going to bring Moondog on. Fuck it, I'm out. He's not, <laughs> he's not going to speak. You're not going to sp- – all you're going to do is speak, and you're going to try to persuade Moondog to spend the day with you. Okay? Moondog, please. As soon as he comes on, no pun intended, uh, we'll, we'll start the show. <laughs> He's just loading up. Oh, jeez. Oh my god. All these damn all these damn tiebreakers today. <laughs> that means you got a, a good set of people that uh that are good at what they do. 
This is true. This is very true. Somebody's trying to say I should throw it to another commercial. I can't throw it to another commercial break. No, we can't. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So once again, you are going to pitch this. I'm not going to talk. Anton's not going to talk. Moondonk, you can hear us. These guys are going to pitch. They're going to go hang out with you for a whole day. They have to tell me how cool the day is going to be, what you guys are going to do, and who's going to be the funnest person to hang out with. All right, so let me go ahead and add him to the stream. There we go. Uh, but lay it out. <laughs> wow, that didn't uh, that didn't come yeah. across the right way. Well, I won't be laying anything out. Okay, so but but <laughs> that I can guarantee. What's going to happen on your day on the hangout day with uh, with Moon Dog? You may begin. Well, the floor is yours. Probably going to drink too much. Going to go out to eat. You're going to hang out. What are you going to do? Go get some decent food. Definitely going to drink too much. I'm sold. And hopefully he doesn't Cosby me. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, my God. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> we're going to throw it over to Mike Unit. Um, uh, Mike, so you are going to hang out with Moondog for a day. You need to persuade Moondog. Hey, man, this... Are you okay? You having a seizure? Oh, I thought you were having some type of medical event. Uh, what, like what are you going to do? Throw pitch the idea to Moondog. Hey, man, I'm going to pick you up, and then what happens? And can you play some Mark Henry music as you explain this? So, okay, um, okay. So, how would start the day? I'm not even going to wait for him to come here. I'm going to show up at his place first. Whoa. And I'm going to show up in my fully oh, equipped God. Nissan Sentra and blasting through the speakers. Oh, yeah. We're going to get it started. And see, it's not going to be your typical hangout. I mean, we ain't going to be doing no bunking. I'm sorry, Moon. <laughs> I will give you the satisfaction of enjoying us hanging out. Oh, yeah. That's all it is. All it is. We can go to the water park. You can watch me get wet. And then afterwards, we can go out to dinner, get something to eat. You look like a guy who's into meat. So we're going to go to a steakhouse. And then afterwards, after you get to check out the meat while eating your meat, I'm pretty much going to kiss you on the forehead goodnight and drop you off home because we ain't going to be doing no bunking. We might have some regrettable selfies taken. You ain't going to this poop shoot, dog. I'm going to make sure it's going to be the best date you ever had, courtesy of sexual chocolate Mike Thunder, the man with the big unit, the Mike unit. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. What happened? All I said yeah. was a hangout day. Wow. Wow. Let's bring everybody back in here. All um, right. And back right. to reality. You yes. should definitely take Mike out. It's more entertaining than me. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's go to the comment section really quickly. What, what do we got here, Anton? 
So Moondog's, um, Travis says Moondog because he's dying. Uh, Mikey Stark said this took a different turn, and Travis <laughs> said no contest, but I haven't got to give an answer yet. So start the day off by bringing him in an action figure and a 30-pack of beer and buy mm -hmm. some bottle of whiskey or whatever liquor he likes along the way, and then I will figure out if any of my trans and drag friends have a drag show that night, and I will take this man to a drag show, and I will be the best fucking wingman he has ever goddamn had. I will make sure he has some fun either way, even if it's not up my alley. I will take him to do shit that I know is up his We're alley. Not even if we can find an independent wrestling show, can't stop talking. If we can find an independent wrestling show as well, we're doing that shit as well. Here's, but I'll just start with the booze, the wrestling, and then take him to a drag show because I think mine sounds a lot better. Because I think he does want to see Mike Unit wet at a water park and all of his glory. You know what I'm saying? No, we can share. Look. We could share a blow up thing together and just ride waves. You can sit on my lap. <laughs> Give it to fucking Mike. Give it to fucking Mike. Uh, uh, hold it, hold it. Before anybody says anything, I, I have to throw it over to the man in Canada. No, you don't. I'm good. Are you? Uh, do you want to retort? Do you want to try to counter that? Nah, if you take your shirt off right now, I will give you the victory right now. Take your shirt off. I lost. Are are you forfeiting? I forfeit. I'm good. He forfeits. I'm out. That's it. He's he's officially Done. out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Boom. Wow. This was tremendous. All right. So, um, can I? Hey, can I beg you to, to hang with us here, uh, Moondog? Can you help us with this uh, this next grading? Sure. I blew a hole in my sock. Hey, it happens. It happens to the best of us. I tell you. I love it. I love it. Let's do a quick look into Liam Savage, who's hanging out in his garage, still not being a very nice guy. Uh, let's do a quick look in here. Oh, oh, what do we got here? Do we, yeah, got here? Up, we, we got a COO just kind of hanging out by his wall. Where's, where's the, the dog street. at? This fucking guy. Where's where, where is the Rick? By the way, I, I he crashed. He he, he went ninety night. Oh, he pulled a boog. All right. So before we go to our final thing, uh, I'm going to go ahead and it's going to be down to Anton and Mike. And you and I, Moondog, are going to be the ones who are going to determine who is the winner. How does that sound? Hell yeah. Sounds good. Let's go to our final topic. Oh, gosh. Um, here we go. EC3 says, eh, my WWE run was lackluster. Maybe I just failed. Now, recently on Wrestling Inc.'s show, the managing editor, Nick Hausman, sat down with EC3 and reflected on his WWE run. Um, obviously, uh, one of his, the last programs John Moxley did was with EC3, and obviously EC3 went over. It was supposed to be one of the big pushes for EC3 to continue. Unfortunately, things didn't work out quite that way. Uh, EC3 had mentioned on the house show loops, fans were not getting behind him, and he wonders if that was the beginning of the downfall for him and his push in WWE. So my question to our last remaining participants, do you think that EC3 was given a fair shot in WWE or do you feel like, nope, once again, WWE's poor booking was what really did him in? We'll first start off with Mike Cook. Who holds the accountability here? Is it WWE or was it EC3's inability to get over with the crowd? I got to go with WWE because 
his early NXT stuff, he was over it. Mind you, this is his second run in NXT that was deemed a failure. You know, at least the second one, he was more established. You know, during the time frame, he left TNA, came over. During that time frame, anyone else who came from TNA, they were getting shitted on too, or they weren't getting the offer that they wanted. They could have had James Storm. That didn't work out. Yeah, we had Eric Young, but mediocre. Um, even the simple fact that they had to go by the name of EC3, even though we kept calling him Ethan Carter III in TNA, Carter, where is that link to? TNA. Pretty much what is that link to next? We're going to book and shit on you. So to me, since returning, EC3 was doomed from the start in creative. Like, I saw him at the NXT house shows. I've seen him at the one in D.C., and I saw him at the one in North Charleston where I first saw Raquel Gonzalez. <laughs> and, both, and he was very over with the crowd. He was more over than the main event because people recognized him that he was a star from TNA. He had to go elsewhere to create being a star because WWE couldn't. You know, people kind of tend to forget those things. Look how long we had to wait on Bobby Lashley even when he returned because TNA created him as a star compared to WWE's booking. Even though he was booked strong, TNA actually molded him. Same way with EC3. They put time and effort into his character. As soon as he came in NXT, they gave him a shitty theme because that one percenter theme was horrible. He couldn't use his finisher. Like They pretty much stripped everything off of him that was built. And I get the whole whatever you've done before NXT or WWE is irrelevant. That's not true. Because when you got commentators like JBL and all that mentioning AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar and everything they did before WWE, as Freeland mentions, that's throwing you know rocks and you got a glass house. So nah, it's I I don't think EC3's uh run was on him. Because look at his Ring of Honor ring. He's more interesting in Ring of Honor than any of the shit he did in NXT. Very good point. Uh, Anton, what's your take on this thing? Do you think it's the WWE machine that failed him? Or is it the fact that he just he just didn't really connect and maybe he didn't do as much as he could have done? So it's a blend of both. And the reason why I say this is the Derek Bateman stuff didn't really work. Like he you know, did a little bit and then left, bowed out. Even though it was Total Hill Run in TNA and it was pushed off the Dixie thing, the Ethan Carter the third thing, he did get some fucking traction there. There's really not a way to argue that. He did. And then from the moment they brought him back, they kind of just shot it in the fucking foot. And I think part of that is his own expectations and managing your own expectations and your own perspective and the perspective in which you have. A, you got to be pitching shit, but you got to, you know, manage it you can't go in there big-headed which i don't think he did but he did have a higher opinion of himself knowing some of the things he had done creating some traction and it kind of just shot itself in the foot he shot it in the foot because once they started not doing it right like him holding the red cup in the fucking ship with the street profits and it's literally written on his face that he is miserable and then, you know, he tries to do the Moxley thing. I love the whole control your own narrative thing. I really think that's dope. I like the idea behind it. Again, it's perspective. It's managing expectations. It's literally that. But because he didn't actually have a on-top WWE run, that's why no one really, you know, like, 
people in the wrestling bubble gave a shit, but it didn't generate the traction and holy shit, three million views in like two hours, like the Moxley video did, because, well, that was a fucking big deal. You know, he, like he said, he felt like he got out of prison and was no longer a slave. You know, the artist formerly known as Prince thing. So I also agree with the comment about Bobby Lashley, because from the first time I ever saw Bobby Lashley, I instantly went, uh, black Brock Lesnar and I don't mean you know that's just from the whole neck thing everything that's what I saw just a baby face generic African-American block you know Brock Lesnar he got way more molded and more over in TNA specifically doing the Bellator thing and even you know he's had to climb since coming back to WWE it's very interesting so it's yeah I think it's both I really do I think it's a matter of both all right well, I tell you what, that's our final uh, final battle right now. So it's really going to boil down to who do we think had the better argument? Uh, do I we think I it was? was do we do we think it's going to be Mike Unit? Do we think it's Anton? Uh, let's go around the table here, Moondog. Who do you think uh, had the the best compelling argument? Definitely go with Anton for this time. The one time I got to pick against Unit, it hurts. <laughs> Gotcha. What what aspect do you think he really made sense about when he was making his point? Definitely the talking about EC3 being miserable and such. It's you get like you say you could read it on his face. Then I also kind of spaced out. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you were totally fine. I'm not you were totally lie. fine. Liam, you look good, buddy. And I know we're, we're, we are running longer than a Jerry Lewis telethon. Who do you think had the most compelling argument here? Was it Heidnick or was it Mike Cook? I don't know. I was falling asleep. Liam's our EC3. Are you, are you, are you, are you saying um, if you had to pick one, who do you think had a more compelling night tonight, Mike Cook or Anton? Uh, I'm going to go for <laughs> I have no idea. He, he says nothing. The butt, who do you think had a more compelling argument in this one? <laughs> Mike Cook. Mike Cook. Ooh, so we have one for Anton, one for Mike Cook. It looks like Order Entertain is going to be the one who's going to decide who the winner is. I want to see a different fucking champion, and he had some valid fucking points. It goes to Mike Cook. Mike Cook is the champion this week. You know what? It was a hard-fought victory. It I came got one more. Down to, it came down to the end. I Mike got one Cook, more in the group, though. Mike Cook, what do you got? You have 30 seconds for your uh, your coronation here. Coronation. I should be your man. You know what? I'm going to use my coronation on wasting it on a promo of Motley Cruz from a couple weeks ago. Let me tell you something, Daddy. Let me, when I get in the ring, Motley Cruz, he's going to take the championship away. And when I get a hold of you, brother, I'm going to take your ass down. I'm going to take it down hard. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Very, very good. Congratulations, Mike. You get your Please first win. The king is dead, okay? Y'all just wanted Hey, no, if we were going by crowd reaction, I win again, so... Oh, hey, you well, know what? what? It's all what? for fun. Yes, Mike. Well, look, don't take it personal. It's I Mike don't. unit. Yeah. It's uh, just business. It's just business. Look, I'm glad to be the one to dethrone uh, the I guy who did up. it. And it ain't rigged either. It ain't rigged. Up. Wow. Even though I had to go do some oh, incredible I feel like things for this. Man, I caused a screw job. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Hey, All right, let's I got let's half go make it for you guys. He did. He did and he was really dedicated. All right, so let's let's go ahead and let's do this real quick. <laughs> let's talk about the dark side of the ring to end the show. Um so obviously we're going to go off the air at 1 o'clock. So, 
Uh, Dark Side of the Ring, who saw it, and, and what were some of your takes away from it? I got some uh, comments on here. We're first going to go to Moondog. What was your thoughts on the Dark Side of the Ring with uh, Nick Gage? I loved it. <clears throat> it. I didn't know anything. I knew. I heard Nick Gage was a cool guy, but I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know about his personal life. Like, what touched me the most about him was probably when they, he was talking about his mom and like right. showing showing the picture of his mom go most beautiful woman in the world. Check her out. Like and like how genuine he sounded and such. Then like just hearing how his life kind of spirals and spirals like with him and his brother having the fallen out. Then um, him robbing the bank, which the line from Oxley was amazing. He goes, he wears a mask to the ring, but the one time he doesn't wear a mask, he's robbing a fucking bank. (laughs) (laughs) That line was amazing. I loved it. Um, And then it's like, it also about addiction and such. He, he he finally gets out of prison after like four and a half years, and he's finally up and up. But then falls into bad habits again, and then tries to fake a piss test and gets caught for it, sent back to jail. Because like you know, addiction doesn't work like that. Where it's like, oh, I'm just clean. Because like my, I mean, I have family that have gone through addiction and have fall fallen off the wagon a few times. You know. So I, I totally related with that. And then, though it seems like so far after the second round of prison, he's good doing good. He had the match with Arquette. Uh, fortunately, his brother, seeing his, hearing the story about his brother, which I was curious whatever happened to him, because I remember hearing he had a brother and shit. I didn't know about the fallout. I didn't know about him uh, jumping off a bridge, which to, another thing that kind of punched me in the gut was him saying, goes, I see that same bridge every day. I walk outside my house. That yeah, he jumped that's, off that's of. horrible. My, oh, yeah. I, I can't imagine. That's uh, just, that's not good. Um, yeah. Liam, let me throw it into you, buddy. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring. What is your take? I mean, obviously, I know you're a fan of the documentary series. I know the deathmatch stuff is not really your thing. What is your take on maybe Nick Gage? What you've heard of him? Uh, I think he's a fucking loser. Um, I have no desire to even watch it, and uh, fuck him. Next. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh shit. Is is oh, there? Fuck. Let me ask you this question though: Is there any aspect of maybe the series that you like? Um, was there any episode? Yeah, the series of... is great. Him, he's a fucking loser. I right. I could give a fuck about him. I don't care. He's he epitomizes everything I do not like about wrestling these days. Fuck him. Fuck everybody that's like him. And, uh, yeah, I don't care at this point. Fuck him. Well, okay, here's a very valid point. Some people will say, and and I think we have to look at both sides of the spectrum here, not everybody is that hardcore violent type of thing. Some people actually want to see actual wrestling wrestling and maybe not maybe the, the shock and awe and the gore of it all. That's all he does. That's all he does. He just, he, w- he just, he'll do a move every now and then, and then he's just fucking smashing a light tube into someone's face. Who gives a fuck? That doesn't do anything. That's well, what not about wrestling. New Jack? What about New Jack, though? Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. That was New Jack's shtick, but like every, like, how many people have you seen that are like Nick Gage? A million of them. Like New Jack came out and he did his thing, and he would go to the back. It was three minutes. Nick Gage makes a career out of it. Like makes oh okay, well I gotta go out and 
hit people light tubes for 20 minutes or something. It's it's fucking stupid. I'm well, sick of it. New Jack's Look, matches were not always three minutes. As I was say, I got a whole DVD set. Four, three fucking Four minutes. Sorry. <laughs> but hold on a second. I kind of get what he's saying, though. Mike, jump in here. In Japan, they do a lot of those types of matches as well. Um, I'm trying to remember yeah. the specific name of the wrestler. He's stocky. He is bald as well, but his body is scarred Abdul up. Abdul Kobayashi. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he's a oh, loser no. too. You, yeah. Oh my God. Let, let me ask you this question. If, if you were to take the opposite side of the argument, okay, and say, I don't like it because it is just gratuitous violence and it doesn't, it doesn't motivate something. It doesn't move the story. Um, can you see that point of view from somebody? Let's go to um, Logan. Can you understand someone's point of view like Liam's where it's like, okay, it's it's too much. If it was mixed in a little bit, I'd get it. I mean, how do I put it? I mean, it's, it's just not their cup of tea. Right. They don't. It's, you know, maybe some like it full-fledged. I know a couple people in my circles that like the ultraviolet stuff. You know, that's all on them. But if it's going to come to using ultraviolence, leave it towards the end of a storyline. Can I can I make a, a just a quick point? Sorry, sorry, Tra- uh, Logan, but can I just make a quick point here? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, just sorry. But, like, if that's all you have to go on, if, if you know, doing the hardcore stuff is everything you have – and you haven't figured out how to do a couple of actual moves yet, why mm. the fuck are you in the wrestling industry? I have no use for you. This is why I didn't get into CZW. I, I understand, and I, no, and I, I get it. I understand there are certain people in CCW that have come out of there, you know, like, you know, Tony Nese some people like that, and, and it's great. I understand, but you know what? Like, there are so many more people. All they do is they just do the shock factor, and it's not right. The wrestling industry is based on actual moves. If you can do the actual moves, do that. If all you can do is beat the shit out of people with the light tubes and barbed wire and tables and all that, then why the fuck are you there? Because you haven't learned the basics, and you don't belong there. Liam, let me ask you this. Would you say there's definitely a, a distinction between what Terry Funk and Cactus Jack did in Japan versus yes. what we see Nick Gage doing. And how would you be, if you were to, to have a conversation with somebody and say, here's the differences between the two, because I personally like the stuff that Onita did. I love the stuff that mm-hmm. Terry Funk okay. did. I love the stuff. How would you express how that's different? Because it is still I, ultra-violent. Right, and I can explain it with Onita, and uh, Michael probably backed me up with this because he probably knows about it, but mm. Onita, his knees failed him, and he became a... Um, he was a junior heavyweight when he was in All Japan, and he ended up having his knees, knees fail him, and he said, okay, well, I can't do this anymore. He ended up founding FMW, and he decided that, well, I can get more longevity out of being a deathmatch guy. Yeah, I understand he kind of came up with that. But, you know, if that's your claim to fame, I don't get it. Um, as far as Terry Funk, you know, the, he, he's, he's in my Mount Rushmore. Uh, Terry Funk, he actually tried different stuff as he went. 
through his career. And nobody can, you know, doubt the fact that he at least tried with everything he did. He tried technical wrestling. He went to hardcore. Then he went to deathmatch. But then he went back. And he was an excellent wrestler, excellent talker. And uh, Dory, not so much. Because we know Dory was also a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. But you know what? He didn't go to the point that Terry did. He was more straight-laced. Terry went to a crazy extreme, and so did uh, Mick Foley. Mick Foley did it more to, you know, show himself as uh, a spectacle. He wasn't necessarily the best wrestler in the world, but at least Mick Foley could tell a story as he was going. He had the some of the best promos I've ever seen, and the same with Terry. And if if it's if that's the example, then I don't know if that's the best example because you got guys like Nick Gage where all they can do is is throw a light tube in someone's face and you know oh well I'm I'm king of the ultraviolet matches that that doesn't mean shit to me you know well, show me, me show me your chops that's all I'm saying let me jump in here and say this though and once again I'm not putting down I mean I love whoops. I just pulled out my microphone. Um, I'm a fan of wrestling, and I can respect all different genres, right? However, you got to look at it from this yeah. perspective. Um, if you are going to get into something, and, and I get it, they they said in the episode that it's not necessarily about the money, right? It's about right. being an artist. Do you understand that you are not only shortening your career, but you're shortening your life in general by yeah. putting yourself through all of this? And right. I, I get it to a certain degree. But I also think that wouldn't you want to maximize your career and your earning potential and maybe maybe do some of this, but then like Liam said, maybe do something a little different. I um I I like the fact that we can have these discussions openly. We might not be on the same page, but yet we can also at least understand where other people are coming from. And that's the most important thing. Um, with that being said, two things I want to say before we make all of our plugs once again this coming Saturday. Gosh, I'm such a I'm such a stooge here. Um, I want to let everybody know on this channel you are going to be having a free live streaming podcast seminar. Dominic D'Angelo, he is the writer for WrestleZone. Um, he's also a host on MLW. Shining Wizards podcast are going to join us. Uh, Chad from the Two Man Power Trip, the Triple Threat podcast, and Eyes Up Here with Francine will be here. Trent Saberi from AAW Wrestling. Joe Feeney is going to be here. He's the co-host of Keeping It 100 with Conan, The Raven Effect. He is the producer of the Creative Control Network, uh, Highway to Helms, the Taskmaster Talks, Eyes Appear. Uh, Zach Haydorn is going to be the assistant editor of PW Torch. He's going to be joining as well. So we have a lot of people who are going to be talking about podcasts, how to get into it, how to set up your wrestling podcast. We'll be taking questions as well. Just come in and have fun, ask questions, and uh, we're here to help you in any way we can. Um, so let's go to the final plugs here. So let's go with Liam. Um, what is your plugs? Where can people find you? Where are they get a hold of you if they'd like to continue the conversation? Because it seems like there's a lot of people who do agree with your views. Uh, yeah, well, I appreciate that. Uh, Savage Liam at fuck Twitter. I don't know. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> Fuck. Savage, Savage Liam. Liam on Twitter. There you go. And if you don't agree with what I say, that's fine. And if you do, great. Uh, Deathmatch Wrestling is just one part 
of the whole perspective that is professional wrestling. I agree with Liam, by the way. Uh, he and I talked for a couple hours last night, and he brings up valid points about a lot of things. Once again, I agree with a lot of people. I don't necessarily share my opinions on things because it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what you guys think. That's it right. What the panel thinks. I'm just here to pass the ball around. Let's go way over to uh, Order Entertain. What's going on with you? What do you want to plug? What's going on? And uh, oh, there's Pharaoh 2.0. Love it. What you got going on, buddy? Um, tomorrow night. NXT, the final weekly NXT episode on Order Entertainment. You can find that at twitch.tv slash orderentertain2020. You can also go to my merch page. Yes. RPG slash apparel slash collections slash Demon Scorpio. Got and shirts, I, hoodies, and everything. And I tweeted that before, and I'll make sure I retweet that again. So. Okay. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's go ahead and let's go over to Christopher Butt. How can people get a hold of you, follow you on social media, continue the conversation, all that good stuff? On Twitter, it's gotnoof2291. Pretty simple. Shoot me a message. You can talk about whatever you want. I love it. Perfect. Uh, let's go ahead here over to Anton. Anton, how can people get a hold of you, and what are some things you're working on right now? Anton Heidnick on Twitter, I feel rotten on uh, Instagram, and I feel rotten at gmail.com. Working on getting my website fucking together, ready for launch. Uh, producing some beats this week. A friend gave it to the dude that I've been working with regularly lately, who's been paying me for production and to mix and master tracks. He's all, I gave this beat to him at like 8 this morning. By like 8.30, he already had a verse written. So, <laughs> wow. Probably going to have some more work to do soon. So baby steps in the right direction. So no real complaints. Absolutely. Mike Cook, what do we got going on this week for your show and what is going on with you as far as merchandise and how can people reach you if they'd like to continue the conversation? Is he dead? Either he's completely no-selling this or he's got the Canadian dial-up going on. Mike Mike Cook, are you there? Ground control to Major Tom. We froze up for a moment. Okay, that's all. You're still frozen. You're still yeah. frozen. Okay, there we go. So, <laughs> so let's let's start that again. So uh, what's going on okay. this week with your show, and how can people get a hold of you? All right. All right. Well, new show tomorrow night. You can find me on Twitch, Mike, my uh, Instagram, Mike World Order, Facebook, Mike Cook World Order, and of course, you can find me on a. Uh, Twitter at Mike Unit. That's Mike spelled with five eyes, and of course Unit. And at my Unit, uh, Moon. Uh, <laughs> Raquel Gonzalez. If you're out there listening, I want to be your boot day. Cool. I yeah. like it. I like it. Let's go ahead. And let's throw it to Moon Dog. Uh, what's <laughs> going on with you? When is your next match? And uh, what's all the deets with you, my friend? Every Saturday at Woodstock, 1230 Davis Road, the Premier Studios, you can see me wrestle. Uh, June 5th is the big, is our big monthly show, PPW Betrayal. Definitely come out and see that if you live in the Chicagoland area. You can check out my Twitch my Twitch stream, Shellstrike Network, as well as follow us on Twitter at Net. Me, personally, I'm Moondog Murray. And you can check out our YouTube channels and podcasts as well. Uh, just search Shellstrike Network on all your favorite listening apps and such. And other than that, that's pretty much it for the Moondog. 
Anything else new with you? Life's treating you well? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, work just lifted the mask mandate if you're vaccinated, and I get my first dose tomorrow, so I'm sure in a month, uh, less people will be wearing masks. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it depends who you're asking, I guess. <laughs> I was just about to say that that's like any wrestling debate. It depends on who, yes. By the way, that is a sweet uh, setup you got back there with the figures. Yeah. A, a 3D case. That's all. I was looking at that. That's awesome. Yeah, I fixed it. And then when you said so about everybody's background looking nice, I was like, oh, thank God I, I fixed my room. <laughs> it, it looks good, my friend. And by the way, you're a lot of fun, dude. Thank you so much for having, having fun with us because we are a very odd group of people. But uh, I am yeah. as well. I blow holes in socks. Hey, you do what you got to do. Thinking about Mike unit. There you go. Hey, you know what? Let's keep it in the family. <laughs> Keep it in the family. Why go down the street when you go down the the hallway? That's a, there you go. I want to say one thing before uh, we say our fairly wells. I do have some big news I'd like to share with you Uh, outside of the fact that we have that big uh, wrestling podcast seminar coming up this Saturday at one o'clock on this stream. Um, as you all know, I appreciate everybody wishing me a congratulations on graduating. And uh, lo and behold, I ended up getting a phone call. And uh, I got a phone call, and I am officially, gainfully employed. I will be teaching English Lit and Biology, so uh, I'm very excited. I signed my contract. I went ahead and sent it over, so I will be uh, I will be working. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who's supported me, and you guys all, everybody on the panel, and everyone in the room. Um, awesome. Good deal. I will be teaching uh, middle school, high school. So those are the grade levels. So I'll be trying to teach chemistry, oh, physics, gosh. biology, and English lit. And I will make sure we cover plenty of poetry. And uh, we'll be reading several novels. So you're George uh, Orwell. Oh, absolutely. They're going to have their schedule filled with a lot of homework. But you know what? Got to get back to the next generation to make them prepared. Exactly. All right. Exactly. So cool. For Liam Savage, for Order Entertain, I do appreciate that, Mr. Logan Slater. For my good friend up in Canada, Mr. Butt, always good to have you here, my friend. For our resident professional wrestler and comedian, he's amazing. Moondog, thank you much, my friend. For Anton Heidnick, who is uh, the info czar, and I tell you what, hey, I thank you much, my friend. And for Ichiban, Mike Unit, I thank you very much, my friend. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed having all of you guys join us again here on a very long edition of Front Row Material Live. There's so much more great information coming your way. Keep following all of these guys. They are tremendous people and tremendous wrestling minds, so follow them. With that being said, that is going to do it. So I wish you all a farewell and goodbye and good night. Bang. The rule.